Welcome to episode 43 of Dollar Extra Hero Clicks. I'm your host, Hunter Smith. With me today, I have Mr. Austin Smith. Yo. And the man who fills more gap than a caulk gun, Mr. Drew Alderson. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, this is good. We're listening to some Rage Against the Machine because we finally get to spoil the Red Lantern Corps, which is the core I'm most excited, yeah! most excited to see. Least, yeah. uh, least exciting. Really? No. I was going to say. Because you. you both got... Raging hard on <laughs> for, for the Red Lanterns. I was um, just saying my construct's pretty. We're also going to be solid. talking about. <laughs> going to be talking about the Yu-Gi-Oh set today, and talking about. Uh, not going to review the entire set because it's quite a big one, but we're just going <laughs> to talk about uh, the ones, the key pieces, the the ones that you may actually want to pick up, even if you don't want to pick up the whole Yu-Gi-Oh set, the ones that are worthwhile, worth playing, and worth getting a hold of. Um, and uh, we'll talk about a little bit of Dice Masters, too, since that's a hot topic right now, and we just got done oh, playing with that. Well, let's first move into, move into news, and let's just go right into the Red Lantern core and the goodness that is... The creamy red goodness. The rage. So, like we've been doing ah. every week, let's first talk about the power battery and its special power. And all of a sudden, I have an ad on here for a luxury car. And uh, fuck you, Buick. Lincoln Town Car. Thank you uh, for screwing yeah. us up. All right. Uh, Rage. If the power battery, attached ring, and constructs are all the same color, friendly core members can use Giant Reach. Okay. That's I think nice. of about fifty characters. Giant Reach goes great. All on. right, that's fine. Now, uh, that's fine. What, what do we get on the ring here? Eight point ring, just like the Green Lantern one. If the character already has Red Lantern Core, modify all values except damage plus one. Otherwise, this character has the Red Lantern Core keyword, can use poison, and deals penetrating damage when using it. I see the WizKids proofreading system isn't doing so hot these days. Why is that? The Red Lantern ring. All the way on the bottom. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. That took you guys way too long. Well, because it says Red Lantern ring on it, like, it says Red Lantern a bunch of times. Uh, Yeah, yeah, there's a little misprint there. But, uh, that's that's a pretty dang good ring. You know what I'm going to run it with? Zombies. Yeah, swarm teams are going to be really, really good with this thing. Um, and we will also talk about uh, the figures, including Atrocitus, who is going to really buff that poison. Uh, Let me find him here. Yeah, 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 right. So we got the spoilers for several of the Red members. Yes, we did. We got Atrocitus first, 160 points. He is an Ellie, so I think he's the last month, actually. Now that I think about it, I think he's the very last one. Uh, has a special damage power top dial with charge and super strength. With a 12 attack, 4 damage, by the way, so really good numbers. And then his, especially if you think about the, if you're playing him with the battery, then he's going to be a 13 and a 5 plus super strength. For an ultra heavy, that'd be 8. So a 13 attack, 8 damage potential if you're playing him with his resource. But a special damage power is called Blood Prophecy, and it's really good. Each time he damages an opposing character, 
And that doesn't say from an attack. So that poison is going to be yep. ticking this, kicking this in. Each time he damages an opposing character, give him a prophecy token. During an attack, Atrocitus can remove a prophecy token to use prob control. He may use prop control this way up to three times per turn, which is nuts. And I'm, I'm wondering rules wise, and and I'll have to do some research on this because I can't answer it 100 percent on my own. But I think I'm right since it just says during the attack. It doesn't necessarily say you have to do it beforehand. I think you could wait to see if you miss the attack before you decide if you want to remove a prophecy token to use the probability control. I think you'd be able to roll it, and then if you miss, say, okay, I'm going to remove a prophecy token yeah, and use prop control instead of having to do it before. Or at least that sounds like it'd be intent. Uh, he does not have his special damage or uh, attack power at start. Remember, he has his super strength. But then uh, right after his top click, for the m- most of his dial, he gets special rage power. He can use poison and deals penetrating. Friendly characters with the Red Lantern core keyword that use poison... So remember that anybody you give the construct gets Red Lantern core keyword and can use poison. When they use the poison, they can deal up to two damage instead of one if they are adjacent to two or fewer opposing characters. That is so good. So if you run this guy with the Red Lantern core, or with the Red Lantern resource, no matter who you else you put on the team, they're going to get the poison from the ring and then they're going to get to do double uh, da- poison damage pretty much all the time. It's very rare that a character is surrounded by more than two opposing characters. That hardly ever happens, unless you're running against a big, giant zombie team or something. So good. So, this guy's really good. He has charge, first five clicks, and, and exploit on some of them. And then he has flurry, his last three clicks. He's really, really good for 160 oh, yeah. I'm points. very happy with that atrocities. Um, Drew, you want to talk about the Red Lantern recruit? Oh, yeah, he's a cute little guy. <laughs> he's uh, He's got a minion power when a friendly character with the Red Lantern core keyword that's 75 points or more is within 8 squares. He, uh, you can modify his attack value by plus 1, so that's an 11 top dial. For 50 points. For 50 points. That's pretty good. Uh, he's got a special damage, or attack ability. Red Lantern recruit can use poison. And deals penetrating damage while doing it. What's this? A fifty-point penetrating poison character. Oh no! With flight and charge and three damage already, yeah. so he's pretty solid for fifty points. <laughs> he's got uh, yeah, he's pretty pretty good. And then Think three of him with the rings. Yeah, and then he's got uh, three clicks of uh, blades after uh, his he loses the poison power. A fifty-point eleven seventeen four character is a little bit ridiculous. I want to talk about my main man, my number one most wanted out of the whole set, Zelias Sox. And I love his dial. It's really sick. Unfortunately, he's a freaking super rare, so he's going to be impossible to get a hold of, most likely. His yeah. sculpt looks awesome, first of all. Oh, God, it looks great. And the dial is awesome as well. I'm so happy. He's 106 points, and he has a special attack power, special defense power, and special damage power for the first half of his dial with charge. His attack power... He can use blades and plasticity. When he rolls the d6 for blades, you put a number of bite tokens on the card equal to his printed damage value minus the result of the roll minimum 2. So what this means is, he has a 4 damage already. And typically, if I already have 4 damage, I don't roll blades. But the good thing about this is, if you roll bad, you're getting something out of it. You're getting these bite tokens on your card. So if he has a 4 damage, if I attack you and I roll blades and I only roll a 2 then I get two bite tokens on my card. All right. 
Give Zillius Zox a free action and remove two bite tokens to make a close combat attack as a free action. So that's what's awesome about him is he's got the blades. You might as well use it because even if you miss, you're getting something out of it. You're going to get a free attack at any point uh, on your turn. And then he has a, a defense power of poison that deals penetrating. And then his damage power is actually where he gets his toughness. It gives him shape change and toughness. And a 12 attack, 4 damage again on top dial for a 106 point piece is pretty nice. Oh yeah, and the thing is, you really like that plasticity as a... He's got that, what, 4 out of 7 clicks? Yep. You really like that plasticity on this character because he's an amazing tie-up piece. Yeah. You get in there with that poison, you tie everyone up, oh no, down dial he has, what's that, combat reflexes. And exploit weakness and regular poison. Yeah. He's a melee piece that has shape change, which we've talked about shape change is so much more powerful in melee pieces than range. Um, I mean, you just get up in there, and you just pin poison freaking everybody with him. Fun note, would he still get his, uh, would he still get two damage on his poison after he lost his uh, rage ability? Uh, yeah, but it just wouldn't be penetrating. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, well, you mean if he's playing with Atrocitus? Yeah. I, yeah, I think he would. He just, it just wouldn't be penetrating. Let's see. Yeah, can use it that to deal to poison. Pin. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it just wouldn't be pinned. That's pretty good. Um, hey. Austin, you want to talk about Hal Jordan Red yeah, Lantern? we got our Red Lantern Hal Jordan on here, which is 80 points. Um, this piece is a monster, actually. Yeah, it's way better than the blue one we um, talked about. He's only got three range, but he's got charge, super strength, combat reflexes, and a special damage power on top click. Willful rage. Hal Jordan and adjacent friendly character with the Red Lantern core keyword can use willpower. So he's an 80-point willpower grander right off the bat that's up in melee with all your characters. And that 11 attack is nice on an 80-point piece. Oh, yeah. And then down dial, he picks up a special attack power, which is Rage, which is the penetrating poison. Um, he also drops down to Super Senses and Battle Fury later on. Um, I mean, gosh, you you freaking... He's a good object grabber. He Because although some of these characters have super strength and not all of them do... Um, he'd be great to, pay, uh, to pair up with Zillius, who doesn't have super strength, for instance, to give him willpower. Uh-huh. Um, get up in there with him, keep everything tied up, and if the opponents do decide to hit Hal to try to get rid of your willpower, they knock him down on that pin poison, and all of a sudden that's double the damage they're taking. Next up is Lyra. She is an uncommon for the set. Oh, by the way, Hal was a, Hal's a common, actually. I do want to bring up a point about Lyra and about Atrocitus that's worth noting. Both of their bases have slots for constructs, but neither of them have the construct power. Hmm. I didn't notice it on Atrocitus. Let me yeah, look Atrocitus is, is a little harder to notice, but you can tell. Because his stone is elevated, has a slot in it. Because uh, it, yeah. cu- it cuts in. I don't know if for sure if his would. I don't know, it... He's facing towards us, which makes it... His base is facing towards us. Lyra definitely looks like it. Cause, but we can see the slot from the yeah. side. Uh, she has a trait. When opposing character has a Sinestro keyword, she gets plus one values and uses Battle Fury. They don't have to be ne- next to you or anything. Just it if your opponent has attacking, one. Yeah. yeah, just if she, the, your opponent has one on the field, then hey, she gets... Hey, you know what's great about that? Your opponent's running the Yellow Lantern. Boom, all of theirs have it that have the ring, so... Uh, then she has Charge Blades Exploit, the perfect mm-hmm. combination that everybody that's, loves. That's so nasty. With an 11 attack, too. A uh, 90-point piece. Yeah, with a 90-point piece, the toughness on top. So she got two clicks of Charge 11 attack blades with Exploit. She also got the farthest range of any of these pieces we've seen so far with five. And then the last four clicks of her dial, she loses the blades, but she gets her Penetrating Poison. 
and gets Empower and Flurry. So she's pretty solid for her points. Um, and then we'll let Drew talk about Oblize. Oblize. So uh, Oblize ha- starts up top dial with 10, 10, 17 out of 3 damage. She's got a uh, trait, though. At the beginning of the game, choose an opposing character. Oblize can use Mind Control, but only to target that character. If this is adjacent to that character, the use of Mind Control is also a free action. That's pretty nice, man. It's pretty damn good. Um... She's got, she starts with a charge. She's got Quake, which I haven't seen, you know, a lot lately. Not in this set, no. Yeah, uh, invulnerability and uh, a special damage ability. She can use poison, deals penetrating damage when using it. And at the end of your turn, if that opposing character took damage if no, from... If no oh, opposing. if no opposing character took damage from Bleeze this turn. Modify her defense value by plus one until your next turn. Yep, so even when she has the clear, she's getting a, a plus one defense. Uh, uh, so in yep. the next turn, she can go in. And she opens with invul too. I don't like her for 125. Um, I, I think she's okay. The dial for 125 I don't like, but I think the trait is pretty good too. I agree. The, the free mind control helps make up for the points. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not as good for her points as some of these other ones, but she's still pretty solid. And uh, she has... Three clicks of Flurry Blades, too, if you notice there in the middle. Flurry Blades and Penetrating Poison for clicks 2, 3, and 4. That's a really good combination with 10 attacks. So she's pretty solid. All of them are, are honestly really solid. This set just keeps looking better and better and better. And uh, actually, that brings up a point I want to talk about real quick. Because people always say that all we do is bash whiz kids on this show. In that, uh, who said that? We're people online, it's not everybody, but some people. But I'll just say this first of all, we don't, we don't bullshit around here, okay? I, I don't, I don't act like I like people in real life and yeah. I don't kiss anybody's butt, and sometimes that gets me in trouble, sometimes it doesn't. But I'm not fake and I don't act like I like people, and if some, if Somebody does something wrong, era for our podcast, Whiz Kids. I'm going to call them out on it. I'm not a kiss ass. That's right. First of all. And that's how this podcast is. It's a reflection of us. So if you come here for everything to be hunky-dory and us to be all happy and see on the bright side of everything and force ourselves to be like that, don't listen to this podcast. Go listen to Push to Region or something. Not saying that Push to Region is a horrible podcast by any means. They're a great podcast. I'm just saying if you want a a campy, happy-go-lucky, everything is all good, then go listen to that. If you want the truth, then listen to this show. And we don't always bash. And I want to take a minute to actually commend WizKids for a second because these last few sets have been amazing, starting with Winter Mm -hmm. Soldier. The Winter Soldier was an awesome, awesome set. It's great. And Yu-Gi-Oh!, is a very, very good set. I've seen it even more and more. The sculpts are awesome. The dials are actually way cooler than I, than we thought they were going to be. Uh, Superman Legion of Superheroes was an awesome, awesome set. Gave us tons of awesome uh, powers and creative pieces and really shaped the metagame. Oh, dear God. And Deadpool and Days of Future and then Past are both shaping up to be... Days of Future Past looks pretty solid. Deadpool looks awesome. And we'll be talking about the, the pulls here in a second. But uh, Deadpool looks awesome, and War of the Light looks absolutely amazing. War of the Light looks like it's going to be one of the best sets of all time. It looks like it could be their best set. And I just want to take a minute to be on a positive note and say, nice job, WizKids. These sets are looking better. 
you really gotten your stuff together. One thing I also think is good is that wording-wise on some of these rules, they're doing a better job clarifying of clarifying things ahead of time and and kind of putting an extra sentence here or there that would that yeah. answers questions that would come up commonly without people having to consult rules forms and stuff like that. That's something that Clicks has needed to be doing for a long time and that you're doing a better job of. So I we definitely commend you guys on that. And we don't we're not a hating whiz kids all the time type show. No, we're just and we just fact, shoot straight. It, yeah, if you fuck up, we're gonna tell you. Hey, you're fucking up. Whiz kids. Because if no one up. tells them they screw up, then it ain't getting fixed. But anyways. Yeah, we realize we're on a podcast about a WizKids game, so, you know. Sorry, I had to digress there for a minute, but I won't say that. Um, Whiplash, I forgot that he got spoiled this week. Whiplash. And I'll let Austin talk about him since I'm he's a big so Iron Man excited. fan. He looks cool. There's, I do have one complaint about him, but... Um, so, Whiplash, um, armor, masters of evil, scientist, right out the gate, great keyword set. Um, he's got three range, no other combat symbols, Masters of Evil team ability for 99 points. Um, he opens with an 8 running shot, 10 attack, 17 defense with a special defense power, and 3 exploit. He has a trait. When Whiplash makes a close combat attack, all squares within a range of 3 in line of fire are considered adjacent. That's amazing with anything that could cause him to quake, like some sort of hammer. I think I mean, there's a resource called a Book of the Skull. I know. That, that might be good on just about everybody. This but. is a good book piece. Um, <laughs> we had a, a listener joke that he's going to turn into a drinking game whenever we say book piece, and then he's going to die of alcohol poisoning. Um, down dial, he changes over into uh, toughness, outwit, in cap, and a special movement power if he can use flurry and sidestep. Oh, God. Which flurry sidestep with three range. <laughs> yeah, that's not day. good. I don't think that's good. And then... Uh, Oh, his special defense power on his top does energy shield deflection, and if a ranged combat attack targeting him misses by three or more, deal the attacker one damage. Yeah, I thought you were going to forget that. That's my favorite part about oh, this Oh, that piece. is really cool. I think that's awesome. It's called whip your bullet, whip bullets back at you. And with having energy shield, he's plus two, so he's going to be a 19. So if their total is 16 or less, which isn't hard to do. I mean, you roll basically you roll less than a six, and you're taking one damage. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not penetrating, but... Still. Um, the thing I don't like about him, though, is that he opens with running shot. Because I f- there's really no point for it, really. He only because has then he three... can't exploit if he does that. Yeah, and he only has three range, too. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I agree, but... I, w- I would rather he had charge on his first two clicks so he could take advantage of that. And uh, his val- his opening values are a little low for 99, kind of. Um, and some of his down dial values are pretty terrible, but... He does pick up an 18 defense. I don't defense. think they're terrible. I don't well, think they're terrible How are they either. terrible? He's a 7-6-5 movement on his last three clicks and drops to a 9. Oh, yeah, defense. But, yeah, but he has He's also step. got a Not 9 true. attack and 3 exploit damage. For down dial, it's pretty decent. I didn't realize that his damage doesn't really dip below a 3 except for one single click in the middle there. He, This is one yeah, guy, he's... if you're going to come in his range, he's going to fuck you up down dial. Oh, yeah. I really do like it. And the sculpt, if that sculpt comes out looking anything like that... Oh my gosh. Yeah, it does look nice. Um, let's see, what else did we get this? Uh, Myra Tag- McTaggart. I don't even want to talk about this one. I just want to walk out of this room. Myra's really good. Um, she's the best cheap meta uh, medic in the uh, modern age game yeah, there's now. No, there's no way she's... So Days uh, of Future Past originally was supposed to drop before month four of ABX. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, had this piece been landed before then and senator well senator kelly wouldn't really help that much for most well as much the fact that i played donald blake all the months of avx on my avengers team 
This chick is Donald Blake, but five points cheaper. And for people who have t- stop clicks, which X-Men figures tend to have. And has willpower, which is also important. So, she's only 28 points. She has a 16 willpower defense, and then a... Uh, she only has an 8 attack, but when you read her special support power, you'll see that when she uses support, her attack value is replaced with an 11. So, we have an 11 attack support piece... Similar to Donald Blake for 33 points. That has the the necessary keyword. She has X-Men, whereas Donald has Avengers. But she has willpower and Donald does not. And? And you can push her onto Perplex if you so choose. But. She's also running a trait that's really good for if, Yeah, she's got a trait that's not really going to freaking matter. Characters can't use the capture ability. That's not really going to matter yeah, on, in, most, in most in games. In most games, but. But, um. This uh, might, you know what this might be? This might be WizKids, you know, future-proofing something that we don't know about. Well, better capture. A lot of the Sentinels well, and stuff have the capture. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say. There are a lot of good Sentinels. And the, uh, isn't there a Pog, uh, Bystander or Horde token yeah. in the, that also has capture, yeah. I think? But, um, yeah. The, I, the big thing is, she's Donald Blake with willpower. For but, five points less. Yeah, same number of clicks. But she can't change an alter ego. Yeah. But honestly, how often... I can count on one hand... I've played Donald Blake probably 20 times. I think I've alter ego him maybe three times. Yeah, when not... people go for him, they one-shot him. Yeah, I've I've probably played him almost as much, and I've never alter egoed him. And so, I always tend to bring him just I, I like her. She's five points cheaper. She has willpower that way. If she's sitting in the back... She can theme prob with the X-Men keyword and then support next turn or vice versa. Her and Dark Phoenix are best friends. It's like they sat down and said, well, we don't want to make another support piece ever again, so let's just make this. <laughs> and she's fucking nuts, and thanks, WizKid. She's pretty good. Um, I, think you'll get, I think you'll see her played quite often. The good thing, like Donald Blake, if you can get a good shot on her, you can one-shot her pretty easily. But still, only 28 points, you're like... Making them waste an action on 28 points. Donald is Blake good. is rotating soon, so I mean. Oh, I think he'll stay. Chaos World will probably stay in. Yeah, I, I think Chaos World will be the cutout. It'll be the it'll be the last legal set in Modern Age, I bet, when they. I mean, we'll see. But I think they'll keep Chaos War in. Um, Newsarama, who is the same website that has been doing the War of the Light reveals, yeah. got a hold of a brick from WizKids ahead of time. There's a couple other sites that have two actually too, but and, uh, this is the big one. Unbox some Deadpool clicks and revealed to us that the chases are Marvel zombies. This uh So far I've only seen with my eyes the Venom one. I've I've got a complaint. What's that? This uh this fucking article is uh Oh that who, who uses the words awesomely nerdy in an article? Oh yeah, that's true. I, that I thought you were gonna complain because uh Sabretooth is in the set but he's a chase. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna do this now. No, we're not. <laughs> yes, we are. Why? Because maybe he'll be in the regular set too. Well, that's you what know. I'm saying. If he's Listen, in chase, maybe he'll be a regular too. If they somehow and you know dug into my mind and met, said you know for Drew, we're gonna put zombie saber tooth in a trench coat <laughs> as a chase. God, if he's in a trench if coat. he's in a trench coat, you can't complain that he's. If a he's chase. in a trench coat, I'm mailing that card to Justin Zier and having him autograph it for you. <laughs> I fuck. You. <laughs> so the guy's been opening boosters. Um, 
we've already seen the distribution from what I've seen seems pretty good. There Oh yeah. There was a good number of super rares that the guy pulled in addition to his chase in the video that I watched. And it did look like he he didn't get a prime out of the brick he opened. But he got, but a, he chase. got a chase. Yeah. So the, I think it's gonna be like Iron Man. Yeah. And the chase was a switch clicks, so that's worth bringing up here. Yep. Um, he didn't go over the card's abilities just yet. I don't know if the video is up at the time. Like, by the time you guys hear this, it might be. Um, he said he's going to do an in-depth review and look over all the figures. I guess we'll know then, but the big theory right now... Theory. ...is that uh, it, there's going to be a Marvel Zombies team base or something like that that'll be in the OP kit. Which would be sweet. Yeah, uh, except that one guy's probably going to get it. I mean... You're joking. <laughs> Next you're is the uh, <laughs> three spoilers from Deadpool, all oh, from the God. Cassidy family, and all three of these Cassidy family pieces are amazing and ones that we needed updates on. Yeah. They're all so awesome. So first up we have uh, Sean. This is my favorite. He's really good. Prepare he's to really see good. this guy a lot. Because he's nuts. He is nutso. He's 98 points, has Generation X, Horseman of the Apocalypse, which does need some love, Police, which does need some love, <laughs> X-Core and X-Men, he ignores hindering and elevated on targeting. That's a oh, big one. Oh, I didn't even one. notice that. That's a big one. Ignores elevated on targeting, and he is one heck of a ranged attacker. Oh my gosh. He has a trait. He ignores all damage dealt by Black Tom, unless it's a close combat attack. This can't be ignored. So it's like the freaking Havoc Cyclops yeah. thing. Uh, he also has another trait, which is the main reason why you play this cat. Opposing characters within six squares can't use super senses... Wow, that's great right there, Hunter. I love this trait. Opposing characters within six squares <laughs> can't use impervious, invincible, or invulnerability, but can use toughness instead. Wow, Hunter, that's fucking nuts. I mean, I love that But I stop right there. This. Yeah, there can't be more to this, can there? When Banshee hits a character that can't use a power due to this trait, well, I just named four <laughs> extremely common defensive powers. <laughs> Everywhere. Increase damage dealt to that character by one. What? Here's what I like about, and I I told this to Austin the other day. Here's what I like about him. That's he fucking retarded. He plays. <laughs> <laughs> he plays somebody who has invincible. He turns that invincible into toughness, and then he hits him with his psychic blast. So basically, he can. He's the only figure that can penetrate invincibility in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's also awesome about this is he has a six square running shot with an his eleven movement running shot. So he moves up six, and then from there, if you're within <laughs> six more. of him, so basically he has a twelve square box that he can use to pick up these defensive powers. And all he, it does, you don't have to be within six whenever he starts his running shot. Just six at all. So he can move as far as he wants, get within six of you, then shoot. And he has an eleven attack. Uh, psychic Blast, three damage uh, shot on his first click. Has police and X Men team abilities. Um, the dude has everything. Uh, Hunter. Tech power. And then uh, after his Psychic Blast click, he gets three clicks of a different a special attack power, which is just as good. Is he it? can use Pulse Wave. Oh. When he does, if you give him a double power action instead, so one thing is he can't use Running Shot with that since it's a double power action. Uh, when he does, if you give him a double power action, instead he can use improved targeting, bust through blocking. So nothing would stop him. He, yeah, because nothing. Yeah, because he ignores elevated. So now his pulse wave hits anywhere on the map, regardless of what is around him. Hunter, uh, how many how many points would you, would you? I would think on a piece like this, I'm I'm thinking at least 150. Well, you're fucking wrong. It's 98 <laughs> points. Um, I do have a rules question about him, though. What? Okay, so he gets the additional damage dealt by one, 
when he hits a character that can't use that power, right? Yeah. Would that work with his pulse wave? Because pulse wave ignores their abilities, but they still can't use them due to that trait. So, I mean, like, would he still be able to pulse wave for two damage on anyone that could use this? Well, it says when Banshee hits a character that can't use a power due, due to this trait. Due to this trait. Um, it's not going to matter anyways, because Pulse Wave locks. Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind then. So, I was about to say, yeah. I think Pulse Wave. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the reason that crits can hit after locks... Because it's an additional damage. It's because it kicks in on damage taken, yeah. not damage dealt. Um, and, yeah, I forgot it locks. And Pulse Wave locks whenever <laughs> yeah. damage is dealt. Um, he has a great dial. He always either has Psychic Blast or Pulse Wave. He has an 18 Super Senses top, and then he goes 17, 17 Super Senses, 17, 17 Energy Shield. He does not go he is below so a nine attack. Amazing. He police just, teams love him. This this piece is stupid. <laughs> like literally, Other Commissioner Gordon. When this spoiler showed up, Commissioner Gordon called everybody. Co- Commissioner Gordon's got a picture on Banshee <laughs> on his desktop, and he's jerking he's got, it in his office right now. I just can't fucking wait. It's Lieutenant, but yes, I uh, agree. No, no, no. It's it's Commissioner, and he's got a poster of shirtless Banshee on his wall. No, right? I mean the one that moves with everybody. I don't care. All the Gordons do. It's police. Next up is Black Tom, who badly needed a remake. His old one is very good. It's a very good piece of old Black Tom, but uh, you know, we already knew Black Tom was had to be in a Deadpool set. Yeah, pretty much. Only keyword he has Brotherhood of Mutants, but Brotherhood can use some cheap pieces. He's only fifty-seven points. Um, he, and that ever useful Brotherhood team ability. He has a. On a 57 points piece, though, it, yeah, it, it's okay. Um, he has a trade. He ignores all damage dealt by characters named Banshee unless it's close combat attacks. Build a new silver bullet for Banshee. If uh, He has another <laughs> trait. <laughs> if Black Tom has no action tokens and a friendly character named Juggernaut is within three squares would be assigned an action token, you may assign it to Black Tom instead. You pull out that old black, that old juggernaut from GSX who's really good yeah. and play him with this guy is what you should do. Uh, he also has a special movement and damage power. His movement is stealth. When he occupies hindering, modify his attack and defense by plus one. So basically hindering is going to be a plus two defense on That's range. That's pretty great. Uh, well, actually, has yeah, stealth. But So basically, even if they see through stealth, they have to give you still plus one just because you're in it from his special power. Um, and then he has a damage ability of force blast when he does. He deals half the result of the D6 roll as penetrating damage after actions resolve. So, and then he has Smoke Cloud. So he's basically a 57 point support um, annoyance piece, really. Honestly, oh, yeah. um, he he has six range, so he can take some shots too. Six clicks for 57 points. He's and then uh, click four and five, he gets Steel Energy and Barrier, and uh, so he's like Smoke Cloud here and there, Barrier. Um, I don't. He's pretty good for his points, yeah. but I think if you're playing with the Juggernaut, he's stupid good. Yeah, because he's not doing much anyways besides being a little supporty piece. So to take a two almost two hundred point piece that's as good as that old Juggernaut is, and be able to put tokens on Black Tom instead is going to be really really good. I do think it's hilarious that if he's in stealth and someone finally gets up to melee him. That he can just knock him back with a freaking force blast. And yeah, that deals damage. <laughs> yeah, and that's you would still be able to make them take damage from hitting walls and falling and stuff yeah. too. So you're potentially you could even potentially KO somebody just off of hitting them like that. Uh, Siren is last, and I figured she'd be coming up pretty soon because she was like the only person in X Factor who didn't get spoiled, didn't get made in Wolverine the X Men. 
and this Teresa, if you're not familiar with the, with the siren, because sometimes uh, Sean is known as Siren too. Um, she has trait when she's adjacent to a friendly character named Banshee, Black Tom, or Deadpool. Modify hers and these adjacent characters' attack values by plus one unless already modified by this effect. She has a special pulse wave with her running shot. She can use pulse wave when she doesn't hit. Choose any one hit character. After actions resolve, Siren can use mind control targeting that character as a free action regardless of line of fire or force. So what oh. I was... Yeah, so that's why whenever this was spoiled, Ugh. when we were talking about her in the Facebook thread... I said, play her with any figure that has um, a banner click. Because you take out a big Hulk, you pulse wave, make her hit the Hulk, click him on his good stuff, and now yeah. she mind controls him for free, and he gets in a free hit, and then he hits again with his Screw own Screw that. All else fails, she's a freaking mole man for anything. Or somebody like... One oh, penetrating damage to mind control. Like oh, uh, Brainiac at 350 points who's really stupid God. and has his banner click. That's who I would use it with. Um... She's really good. She's got that special pulse wave. She alternates between running shot and sidestep. She alternates between having the pulse wave and not having it. Uh, when she doesn't have it, though, she has RCE. So it's a pretty fair trade-off. And then she gets a special damage power at the end. She can use leadership. When she doesn't succeeds, she and a character she removed an action token from can use out wit until your next turn. I do not like weird dial placement on leadership. I prefer it top dial. Uh, I agree, but... Since, it's still a good one. Since you're going to be playing her with Banshee, Black Tom, and Deadpool for the trade anyways, you may be adjacent to people. And still, getting out with is really, really nice. Because if you if you look at that, basically it's leadership, and it has and you have a 33% chance of getting out with this turn. Yeah. Because when she doesn't succeed, she and a character she removed an action token from, She's still going to get to use it if yeah. she rolls a 5 or 6, regardless of if she clears. So she's pretty solid for 86 points. Oh, yeah. They're all really good. It's just Sean blows them out of the freaking water. Yeah. Like that piece that. is... That's, that's, the, that's the must... Everybody's must-have out of this Deadpool set. He's a super, like, and rightfully so, because this guy might as well be going, come on down to the meta there, Manchie. Yeah, he's going to be... He's definitely a must-have for police teams, that's for sure. And X-Men teams. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I actually didn't see till today. There's a watch list update. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought that Bizarro would be <laughs> on, here, one honestly. on here. But uh, he's not. There's only three figures that they're looking at. Of course, there are no announcements of, of change of what they're looking at or if they will there will be, in fact, changes. But the three figures are Tellus, Highfather, and <laughs> Arwen. Which is, Arwen is the one that... If you've ever listened to an episode of this podcast, you've heard us scream. Rewind back to uh, the uh, last week or the week before. The week no, before. it's not often. It's just when we do talk yeah. about her, we say... She, like, remember somebody asked the question, what's the most broken piece? And you guys yeah. you guys said something, and I was like, Arwen. And you yeah. guys were like, yeah, it's probably Arwen. <laughs> like, Arwen really does need fixed. The fucking Christ, that piece. <laughs> now, Highfather, I don't think he needs fixed... Uh, Balance wise, because he has yeah. not been placing in ROC tournaments, he has not placed in a top five. First of all, and I know because I cover every single one in a podcast every freaking week, so I know the ROC rankings. He does not place high, but there usually is one in the top sixteen. There's usually one, sometimes two, but that's that's a fine. You know, like he's affecting the meta, but not in a negative way. What I think they're gonna change on High Father is I think he needs a ratted on his trait 
to solve ruling uh, rules wording questions more than he does actual balance questions. I think that's probably why he's I on there. I also think to be they need to stop the stall state that can happen. Too. Yeah, I think what it'll be is something where if it's just if your opponent only has one figure, then they're going to change stuff up to where you can still actually play yeah. the game. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think his his is a balance problem more than it is he needs reworded. He knew Telus um, would be now. Telus will probably get nerfed. Um, if he continues doing as well as he is in ROCs, and we got big tournaments coming up, we got Dragon Con coming up, we got Origins coming up, and then a couple All months international later, international tournaments too. Yeah, international tournaments, and then a couple months later, we got Gen Con. So we'll see if he continues to do well. But right now, he's gotten first in I'd say three out of the last four, three out of the last five. What are people playing ROCs. with the combo? Different stuff. Um, my favorite Professor X. No, no, it's oh, all little cool. stuff. Um, 25 point Bizarro, you sit him in the back, you get to shoot through people, you have no risk of your Bizarro getting hit, so you have a 25 point RCE and all that oh, other yeah, that stuff he nice. has. Um, stuff like um, GCPD motorcycle for the police team ability barrier. for people. Oh, I didn't even um, think For that. barrier, seeing through anybody's squares using barrier. Um, the Bat Cycle's a, another popular one I see with them. Cerise, again, for Cerise police. Cerise would be nice, yeah. Um, there's a lot of good, even Brother Voodoo can be good with him. So, I think he may get balanced if he continues doing as well, but he doesn't need a super hard nerf, I don't think. I agree. I mean, hell, even if they drop to three or eight. But I am a little balanced, because he's like my favorite piece that's been out. I know, right? He's like my favorite piece that's been out in a long time. So, I'm a little bit biased on that. And then lastly, the Gravity Feed for Deadpool came out this week. We will not be covering it this week, because we will be covering... That'll be our main topic next week. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh!, but uh, it looks pretty good, I must say. The the figures, uh, the sculpts look pretty good. The powers look pretty good. And there are like three different generics in this oh, yeah, Gravity Feed, awesome. too. And they're all pretty cool. The so, one I, yeah, we'll talk about it next The week. Snake Root? Yeah, yeah, dude. He's pretty good, man. I was like, what? Who designed this? Dude, wait till you see the freaking... Uh, under, or what's the... Oh, what are they called? Secret Empire person. <laughs> if you think good generic until you see that dial, it's ridiculous. Uh, let's talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! Let's get into our main topic today. So, as I said, we're not going to cover every single piece. Yeah. We're just going to go around the room, say what we think are the best, and give people an idea of which ones they should be checking out and keeping an eye out for um, that they should pick up, pick up even if they're not super uh, into the Yu-Gi-Oh! set. First, let's say, as a generic preamble to this, that... I said it a few minutes ago. This set is great. Oh yeah, it's really good. It's flavorful. They did an amazing. All the sculpts are great. It's pretty well balanced. Po- like a- pieces are pretty good for their points. There are no broken pieces. Yes, there, there are is. who Dragon Piper. Oh yeah, we will talk about him. He's number one on my list. But um, he, I don't know. We'll see if he's actually broken for his points. But uh, anyways. Yeah, this is a really, really good set, and for those of you guys who may have been on the fence, like I'm a little, I'm a little interested in Yu-Gi-Oh, but I want to wait and see how it turns out. It turned out really good, and you should check it out. Sealed was a blast today. Like honestly, like I would suggest people if you want if you want to get into this set, get some friends to go in like with you on a CTD and just play a sealed match with it for fun or something. Get a good feel for all the pieces. It's it's really well done. So for, first we're going to talk about the figures, and then we will talk about every spell and trap, because they are kind of their own thing, and they're all very good for the point value, so we don't want to have them take up slots. Um, 
Austin, you can start off with Dragon Piper, since you already mentioned him. I think he probably is the best overall for his points out of the set. Not to mention the single best sealed piece, too. But uh, go ahead and talk about him. Okay, Dragon Piper's 86 points. He has 7 range double bolt, 10 attack in cap, 2 damage perplex, 16 defense energy shield, and a special movement power. He also ignores hindering terrain. Yep, on targeting. His special movement ability is um, he can use mind control. When he does, um, characters it targets that have a printed damage value of 3 or more modify their defense value negative 3 this turn and takes no damage due to the point value of characters with the word dragon in their name. Now. Was that a negative 3 for how long, Hunter, for this action? That first, two things here. A, the thing you just brought up, negative 3 this turn. Remember, that's not a perplex. That's not going to go away. If you damage him, it's not going to go away. There's still going to be a negative 3. You're also getting to mind control then, by the way, and do whatever. And the second big thing about this, when it targets, it doesn't have to, it doesn't hit. Have to hit. He just has to look at you from seven range away. And you have negative three defense for the rest of this turn. Now you say, oh, it's only on printed damage value three or more. Oh, God, that's who like 90% these days, of your- Yeah, who these days doesn't have printed damage value three or more? I'll tell you who does have printed damage value three or more. The pieces that have really high defense that you need to put negative three defense on. The big atrocities and the 150 point pieces. Mm-hmm. This guy just demolishes them. And then and he then doesn't if- take damage if they're uh, due to the point value on them. Um, that's uh, or no, due to that's the dragon, yeah. dragon in their name, Sorry. which was a very large portion of this set. Actually, um, some of the bigger sealed pieces that were played today had dragon in their name. Actually, so I mean, like he's just a monster. And even then, he's an eighty-six. Okay, let's take the special the mind control. Right. He's an eighty-six point two bolt in cap perplexer in this set, which is pretty solid. Yeah, that's solid on its own. And then even if he just has normal mind control and ignores uh, hindering on targeting too, that's oh, a big yeah. one. It came in big today on our match. He's just a monster, and like, if not for the fact that he's really hurting for keywords, I would say he would. He is definitely a shoe in for seeing some in Silver Age. I think we'll see at least one. Even still, you may see him from time to time in your Silver Age events. He is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll talk about Forgiving Maiden. Um, she is a really good support piece, and she was one of the very first ones they spoiled. Let me see if I can find her here. If she's even on the. Uh, not all. So if you guys want to follow along, they're on number fifteen. Okay, if you guys want to follow along, go to HC Realms, go to the unit section, go scroll the bar all the way past Modern Age, and Yu-Gi-Oh is the first set in the other category, and you can look at these dials while we talk about them. But Forgiving Maiden is a really good piece. She's seventy-five points, and she's going to be good for special events. This is a piece you want for your big like events we did Wednesday, a big points Silver Age game. She's nuts because uh, she's very good with Colossals. She has a trait. Adjacent friendly characters can use regen when they use it in this way. So basically, if they're using regen from her and not by their own, choose a number, 1 through 6, as a minimum result for the D6 roll, and after actions resolve, deal the Forgiving Maiden that much unavoidable damage. Now that's a trait, so she has that all the time. 
And something, this is a trait that we brought up a long time ago when we first spoiled her forever ago, if you guys remember. What I said was... Back when Yu-Gi-Oh! was supposed to come out in February. Yeah, back back when Yu-Gi-Oh! was supposed to come That's out. That's how long ago In like 20, 2012 or whenever <laughs> it was supposed to come out. Long ago. Uh, the cool thing about this is, if you know she's down dial, if she's showing barrier on her dial, go ahead and choose a six and let your character heal that four damage minimum and then KO her because it's worth it. She That's why I think she's best with Colossals because she has support full dial and she has that special regen thing. Mm-hmm. So she's letting your pieces. If you take a Starro like I played Wednesday and he gets hurt down dial, you get to support him with your action and then he gets, and then he gets to do a minimum four healing regen and you take the damage for it. And she can do that twice, by the way, because if, if she's on top click and she takes four damage from that, she's still alive, and the next turn you can do it again. She can support again, because she still has support, and then, or actually you wouldn't want to support again, because you kill her first, but you can do her region again. So, as we said on the podcast back then, you could potentially heal somebody eight 12 clicks. Oh, yeah. A guaranteed eight, and a potential 12. Yeah. In mm-hmm. two turns. That's it. Two turns. She can heal a Colossal up to full pretty dang easily. So that's why I think she's good. You need her for big points, Silver Age games. And if you play Colossals a lot like I do, she's a must-have. Does she have a Silver Ring Hunter? No. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, she does not. So any Colossal with multi-attack, oh, I'm going to shoot people for a million damage, and then I'm going to use Regen from this bitch and uh, heal four, and then next turn I'm going to do it all over again. Good luck. On the... Uh... You're not next. I'm just looking. You're not next. Petri. I'm just looking. On the subject of support pieces, let's talk about Mystical Elf. That was a good one, too. That was actually the one I was looking for. <laughs> Mystical Elf. Now, she's a super rare. I still need yeah. to get my hands on her. She's very good. Uh, so, she has a trap and spell, but we'll get into that later. Uh, she's got uh, phasing teleport, but what you're going to play her for, uh, she's got a damage, a special attack ability. Beginning of your turn, you may roll a d6 that can't be re-rolled on a result of 4 to 6, so 50% chance, yeah. This is free, by the way. You're getting this for free. Heal an adjacent character one click. But, uh, if you didn't think that was enough, uh, Jake's got a, uh, special attack ability, uh, or damage, sorry, damage power. Uh, probability control and support. Which is a ridiculous combination, as you know from ABX Scarlet Witch. So she already has support with ten attack, by the way, and prop control, and an eighteen defense with barrier, and then a potential, yeah, and then a uh, then a potential fifty fifty chance of healing you automatically. And yeah, if you need the barrier, you pop out the barrier, and oh, guess what? When they do kill her, you get a trap and spell for if you're playing another. They did get smart and make her silver ring. Yes, but she's on the level of she's cheaper than Forgiving Maiden too. See, she's a better all-around medic. Yeah. Whereas Forgiving Maiden is a great colossal or team-based medic. Yeah. The other problem with Mystical Elf, though, that the Forgiving Maiden gets is Forgiving Maiden is a 9 base attack with a 17 defend, Mm -hmm. so it's an 8 to support. Mystical Elf, if you're healing a colossal, it is a 19 or a 20 isn't as effective. True. But she has prob control, so she at least gets two chances. Um, and she has the mystical keyword, which is a very big thing when you're taking her into consideration for Silver Age. Mystical is the the keyword right now. Once again, mystical so hot right now. It's the hotness. Once again, bringing up the fact that of all the generic keywords that they were trying to nerf, 
and ended up nerfing all of them. The ones that have prob are freaking mystical. So when they took away theme team props for generics, they screwed everyone but mystical. So my next one is Cannon Soldier. He's really cool. Um, Cannon Soldier has robot keyword, which is going to be key with him. Woo! He has seven range. He's 95 points. He is cool because of his special TK. He has running shot too if you'd rather just use him as an attacker. But uh, if you use his TK, he can use it, but only to place adjacent friendly characters. When it does, its lines of fire are not blocked by the place character. And after actions resolve, it may make a ranged combat attack as a free action with an AoE targeting all opposing characters adjacent to the placed character. Hit characters are each dealt two damage. So you slingshot somebody ahead of and you, and then they quake from that square. No, Basi- then he quakes. He from basically it. shoots that square and quakes from it, essentially. Yeah. Um, so what you can do is take some little Iron Man drones or something like that, other robots, because Iron Man drones are what, 30 points? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 30 points, I think, for the cheap 30 one. to 70. 30 for the cheap, 70 for the expensive. So you take some little 30 point Iron Man drones or Ultron drones, because they have exploit. TK a Ultron drone up, throw it in somebody's face, try to do his special mini quake from there, and then let an Ultron drone uh, exploit also. Or you can shoot the Forgiving Maiden towards your uh, Colossal, quake yeah. everything around, knock him back, and then heal. So I think he's really fun. He's he's pretty solid for his points, but the main thing no, is no, he's no. really fun. And oh, no knockback out? No. Yeah, it's true. It doesn't quake. It's not it technically quake, quake, so it's uh, not going to knock back, but it's just dealing two damage. Sorry. Um, that's all right. I think he's I think he's just cool. He he's solid for his points. That's why I wanted to include him. But I wanted to mention him because he does something that no other clicks in the game does. Nobody else does that. Nobody slingshots somebody head and then makes a, a di- an attack happen what from that square. He's different, but he's, he's on my list too. But you guys can bring him up for yours either way. Well, I'm still so uh, who's next? Austin. All right, so Austin's gonna talk about a man who's very similar, but equally. I don't even as give cool. a shit about this dial. I don't give a shit about these abilities. Hunter. He's good. You know what I love? He's good. You know what I love about him? He's that a damn sculpt. He's a, he's a turtle. <laughs> I saw that sculpt today. They did such a good job on it. It looks so good. But uh, catapult turtle. He's 120 points. Um, He's not a piece you're going to see in Silver Age, but he's a good piece regardless. Like, one that'd be fun to own. There's one key thing about him that may okay, we'll see some play. Okay. Animal keyword. Oh, I didn't even think about that one. Animal keyword, baby. There's a lot of animal keyword love in this set. Um, there's some soldier love, too. Yeah. Um, he's got seven range, um, running shot. Uh, he's got the dolphin movement symbol. 17 imperv, um, and then a three damage enhancement. But his special attack power is what you're taking him for. He can use telekinesis, but may only use it to place adjacent friendly characters with a lower point value. When he does, after actions resolve, that character may make a closer ranged combat attack as a free action. So yeah, shoot someone straight into the action with TK. They immediately make a free action, and then all of a sudden they can do their power action. Yeah, and then they can still do whatever they want after that. So he is really, really, A, fun, and honestly, a little bit better than the catapult, uh, or than the uh, cannon soldier. He's a little more pricey. But if you look at the rest of his dial, he, he has running shot and enhancement for three clicks. Solid values for 120 points at with a 10 attack, four damage on the clicks number two and well, three. Here's, and then sidestep and then energy explosion. He, he's just solid all, the whole dial. Here's the thing to bring up, though. He makes them give a free combat attack when they land. Uh-huh. You could have... You could TK someone out, have them take a shot, and then have someone else TK them back. And then they wouldn't even have been given an action token for that. Like, True. he's yeah. amazing for yo-yoing. And they'd be completely get safe. Yeah. yeah. 
So basically, you yo-yo without having to give an action token to the to the last person. And then he's an enhancer on top of that, so when they're yo-yoed back, all of a sudden they're going to be walking right into even heavier fire trying to get back to you. He's really fun. Uh, that sculpt is Again, so this good. is a piece that brings a power to the table that nothing in clicks is, has they it really, really come close to. This. Drew, who you like next? Kuribo. Good choice. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Karibo's kind of nuts, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I remember when I 45 points, plasticity, tiny super senses, plasticity, super senses, tiny size, but he has a special attack ability. He uses Blaze Claw's face. When he does, and the result is 5, instead the result becomes 4. And you're thinking, what? Bullshit. And he's like, nope, give the target an action token. So if you hit 6... The result becomes four, and you can give the target two action tokens. Jeebus. What about that trait, buddy? Oh, the trait. When Karibo is KO'd, all adjacent characters are dealt two penetrating damage. You know what's good about KOing characters in this set? Play it with Ironmonger. That too. Play it with Ironmonger. Traps and traps, buddy. Traps. There's all kinds of traps that trap, trigger on trap, KO. Trap, 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 trap. They trigger on KOs, you slap one on him. Oh no, he popped for two. two God, if they had just made Karibo a common, I would have gotten 12 of them and ran him with five (laughs) Ironmongers because Ironmongers are not silver rings. (laughs) Oh, they're not. No, they're not. Um, Oh, God, that team's so fucking (laughs) I remember when we were sitting there in that thread, like we were talking about the Yu Gi Oh set, and I'm like, man. Best silver age team ever. I was like, if you're a billionaire. Buy a million Karibos because they are super rares, and super rares in this set are going to go for twenty bucks. Almost. Oh god, easily because you only get two per uh, CTD and one you. Okay, so distribution: two super rares per CTD and a basically a fifty-fifty chance of hitting a chase because it seems like one chase per case. So your your CTD your case is going to have four super rares and one chase in it. But anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, he's Karibos. awesome. Karibos. <laughs> Fucking I want nuts. so many of them, but they're so expensive. So, for only 45 points, you're getting tie-up, blade, a potential... Four damage. Potential four damage from the blades. With two and if you roll tokens. a five or six, you're giving up to two action tokens. So you have a 50-50 chance of doing something that is amazing for 45 points. Four damage is amazing for 45 points. Uh, four damage plus a token is amazing, and a four damage plus two tokens is even more You amazing. know how bad it's going to ruin somebody's day... To have a Karibo up on their expensive 225-point piece that can't hit the freaking bastard because he has 17 super senses, and he's tiny, and then he's just sitting there popping them with his blades and hits a 6 and doubles them up. And then on top of that, they finally kill him, and he deals 2 penetrating damage to them. My next one is one that I almost played today, and he's Flame Swordsman. I saw him oh, play today. He's, he's really, really good. good. Jake was playing it. One key thing about him, he has warrior keywords, so he may see some play. And I'll tell you what, this dial will get him some play too, because this is a great dial for oh, 95 man. points. Yeah. He's uh he's got charge and sidestep. Which is nasty. Uh precision strike and CCE. That's nuts. That we all, we nuts. always talk about how good that sidestep and CCE is. Combo that with precision strike. And he's an 11 attack already, by the way. So you may go it on most situations, pump the damage up to a 5. So a charge and a sidestep, and then a CCE for 5. Um, or if you want to guarantee a good attack... Oh, wait, you can't blade and CCE, that's right. Right. 
Um, he doesn't get blades until uh, he loses CC anyway. So he has oh, sorry. he has close combat expert for the first three clicks. He has end dom too, by the way. He has close combat expert for the first three clicks. Then the last three clicks he loses it, but he gets a special attack power of blades and poison. When he rolls a five to six on blades, after actions resolve, all damage dealt to that hit character is increased by plus one until your next oh, turn. Oh god. So, That's just n- if they're still alive, you fucking brute. So against team bases and colossals and stuff, oh, he makes man. it a lot easier to take them down if he that, rolls a fire. That six. dial and those abilities are good alone at ninety five, but then you throw the end dumb on there and he's just yeah. amazing. Seventeen toughness, two clicks, uh, mid dial, two clicks of sixteen reflexes, and then a sixteen super sense, seventeen super sense. He's good for ninety five points. He's a solid four out of five star piece oh, in yeah. Silver Age for and with the Warrior and Dude's keyword. army. Yeah, Doug's Army with the Warrior keyword. Um, Doug's Army gets a lot of cool stuff in this set. Uh, who's next? Austin? Uh, Who you Songo, like? Songo. Songo's cool. Sangin. Sangin, that's I don't it. Know, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but... I, I played him today. I play his card all the time in you. He's a 30-point figure, and on he's his own, he's, he's nothing you, you know? nothing huge yeah. to run on. But he's 30 points, plasticity, picks up some empower on his second through fourth clicks, but he's five clicks for 30 points. But what you take him for is that awesome trait. If he would be KO'd, remove all action tokens from up to three adjacent friendly characters whose total point value is 150 or less. It's nuts. At the very least... For 30 points. Yeah. At the very least, he's energy explosion protection on a big piece. I mean, like, all of a sudden, they, they pop, they hit him, they, they kill him. Oh, I'm just going to clear all the tokens off my 150 point piece. <laughs> yeah, I liked him too, and I think he'll see some play with uh, Relinquished. And, yeah. Uh, on the notice sculpts again, they did a lot of good detail work on that song and sculpt because that's a figure that you're like, eh, they can't I, really do much on. I didn't really see a bad sculpt out of any of the Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, no, I didn't see a single I've one. now bought three CTDs. That's how much I like the set and how many figures are in the set. And I have not seen a bad sculpt, and most of them have been very impressive. Uh, Drew, who's your next one? Time Wizard. Oh, I love me some Time Wizard. Raymond was playing him today. Okay, this guy's also nuts. Um... So he's 72 points. He starts top dial with TK, Outwit, and Super Senses. But the reason you're going to play him, as we so... There's another drinking game. The reason you play him. Uh, at the beginning of your turn, you may roll 2d6 that can't be re-rolled. If the result is 7 or higher, all opposing characters modify their defense values by minus 2. But if it's 6 or lower, all friendly characters modify their de- defense values by mi- minus 2. <laughs> And it lasts till your next turn, so that negative two on your defense is going to stick. But what's cool about him is you just wait till the best time. You wait until your opponent has two action tokens, and then you bust this, and you have no bad, you know, you have no negative wor- anything to worry about. You brought up um, or if you really need it, if you're needing, if you're down on points and you need to take a risk, then just pop it whenever you want to. You brought up earlier the fact that Time Wizard himself does, or that uh, Dragon Piper lowers even after they take damage. Mm-hmm. Time Wizard's the same exact way, and that's what got me really bad in my game, one of my games today against one. Um, I was playing a really big piece, and he dropped my defense too, and just ganked him with like four or five pieces, and I went from an 18 defense to a 16, which is catastrophic. Uh, I like him. He also has top dial TK out wit. Which is important. He's got mystical keywords. There's not a single click of his six... Yeah, mystical's another key thing. There's not a single click of his six clicks that doesn't have either outwit, perp, or prop. He's a 72-point mystical piece with TK outwit top dial, super senses, and then you can push him onto any kind of support you could imagine. 
I mean, like, and then he's got the trait. I mean, yeah. this is just awesome. He's really fun to play too. Yeah, by the way. that a, trait is is what makes him. Really I think fun. it'll be hilarious if we see a time wizard eventually in a Silver Age tournament. Um, who's next? Me. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> There's so many good pieces in this set. I can't decide out of which one on my list I want to talk about. You know who I'll talk about since I since I played him today and he did so well is Summon Skull. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I'll get into him a little more when we do what we played. But Summon Skull, you look at his price tag, he's 210 point, uh, 10 points, which is a hefty price tag. But he has 9 clicks. He has move and attack on the first 8. And on the ninth one, he has flurry. And he has one of the coolest, best traits of any character in the entire game. And by the way, if you get a hold of one of these Yu-Gi-Oh! maps... His trait, he will be worth way more than 200 points to you. God, he's nuts with that. His trait is Lightning Strike. He can use Energy Explosion. He has Running Shot on the first four clicks, by the way, and he has an 8 range 2 bolt, so that Energy Explosion is useful. And uh, three of those four clicks have uh, Psychic Blast, so you have now Penetrating Energy Explosion. When it is adjacent to or occupying water terrain, it may target any character adjacent to or occupying water terrain mm. with a ranged combat attack regardless of range and lines of fire it's nuts so you can't use it with psychic blast because it says ranged combat attack not action so you have to make sure if you're using psychic blast you're already within their range but he can rce still because rc is given power action to make a ranged combat attack regardless of range line of fire so his top dollar he has 12 attack 3 damage rce and then his next three clicks, if you decide to push him, if you need penetrating damage, you push him instead and give him Psychic Blast. RC with a 10 and a 4 now. And Impervious still. So, if you can hit if you can hit Theme Team, which he doesn't have generics, which is the one thing... The reason I didn't initially have this guy on my list was because he couldn't really fit on any Theme Teams. And for him, you need Theme. You need to hit Map yep. with this guy. Or he's not as good. Um... I did hit map though today because I had a dark theme team, and uh, he was insanely powerful. By the way, and even in the last match where I didn't hit map and I played in a map that you would think was bad for him, he still paid off and was really good. So summon skull will be my next one. I think he's. It, uh, by the way, there's a map that exists called Pacific Ocean, where every mm. single square on the map is a water train. Mm. So as soon as they move out of the starting area, he can sit back in the starting area and just. Pop bottles. Pop, pop bottles. Pop, pop, pop. You know who... Oh, never mind. I'm an idiot. Uh, who's next? Awesome? Um, man, that's hard to really pick. I'm trying to think of some good, some good low point support pieces that have some fun rolls that aren't normally seen in clicks. This set's just so freaking big. Um, da, 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 da. This guy's pretty good. Yeah, I know, but... That's uh, a, this guy's real good for his key, Yeah, Keymace was the one I was going to bring up. Okay. Because I did pull one of him today, and I almost played him. Um, he's a 65-point piece. Um, uh, five clicks, precision strike charge, tiny, two damage, and super senses full dial and charge full dial. Um, precision strike three out of the five clicks. It's just... it's He's a great piece. Um, I almost threw him on my team. I didn't have the room for him. 
Really wish I would have. I liked him too. He's just point efficient. And he pushes on about 18 super senses. With Tiny. That's key because I play Wasp a lot from Chaos War. And the reason she's so good, part of it, is having that Tiny size and super senses. It makes her so hard to hit. And this guy's just the exact same And he gets a 3 damage too, so. Yeah. I like him quite a bit. If he had range, oh my god, he'd be amazing. Um, Drew, who you like next? Kinetic Soldier. Good uh, Good piece. Good choice here. Let me pull him up. I played him today, and this guy is, uh, he's right there. He is, uh, number 10. Oh, sorry. Um, he is nuts. Uh, he starts top dial with a 9 running shot. He's only got 6 range, but he's got 9 running shot, energy explosion with 2 bolts, uh, and a, uh, energy shield. But he has a trait. Whenever he targets a character's, whenever he targets a character. I can use Blades Claws Fangs or Charge with an attack. Modify his damage and value, attack values by plus one. And what you got me with in our match is he has two bolts. Yeah. He doesn't just get the plus one attack and damage against the person who has that. He, If he's targeting a character, he gets it, period. Yeah. So he was shooting one of my guys who had charge and one who didn't, but that attack and damage applies to both people. Yep. Um, which is really nice. He was he's great for the points. I really love this guy. He's he also has two good uh, keywords: uh, soldier that, and future. And uh, used to be we wouldn't have said future is a good keyword, but Slosh brought us what twenty really good future keyword pieces at yeah. least. So it's a legit keyword uh, a theme team to play these days too. Definitely one of my favorite pieces from the set. He's great. All right, we all only get one more choice. We got 12. We each get one more choice. I have, Man, I, I kind of want to talk about Morphing Jar. I kind of want to talk about Assure Priest. You take Nico, I'll take Morphing Jar. No, I know who I want because I was waiting to see if you guys didn't talk about her because she's so good. I figured somebody would talk about her, and that's Harpy Lady. Oh, yeah, she's... Harpy Lady is nuts for 99 points. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the chick has eight clicks, first of all. Eight clicks for 99 points with these powers and abilities is just nuts. I don't know how she got this far down our list. She has top dial charge flurry. She has top dial blades and precision strike. Charge flurry blades precision strike. On a flyer with that's only ninety nine points. Um, the only thing really holding this dial back is the lack of keywords. Because if she had some, if she had animal or something that just made sense. If she sense, had animal, she'd be fucking broke. <laughs> oh my god, her was freaking Alyosha. <laughs> Alyosha, Angros Hammer, GG. So she alternates defensively between regular old super senses and reflexes plus super senses. And she has multiple clicks where she she always either has blades and precision or just blades. And she always has either flurry or just charge and flurry. So full eight clicks of flurry, full eight clicks of blades, and full eight clicks of super senses. It's dumb. That's dumb. Oh. What's this other thing we see here? Oh, when she dies, I still get a spell or trap on the field on another Yu-Gi-Oh character? Oh, she only has two of the best traps and spells that we'll talk about here in a second. She literally has, like, two of the best ones. Oh, yeah. This piece, this is probably, honestly, the best piece for the points in the set, Harpy Lady, honestly. Um, Honorable, well, I'll wait and see what you guys, uh, what you guys choose. So, Austin, who's your last piece? I'll go with Morphing Jar. Morphing Jar is cool, and what surprised me about him is he's good aside from his trait for his points. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I mean, for 50 points, you get an energy shield phaser that has perplex and prob. I mean, that that's all I'm happy about. His trait's just ridiculous. 
Now, the thing about his trait, which is once per game when he's hit with an attack, after action resolve, starting with you, each player chooses a friendly character and places it into an opponent's starting area until all characters have been placed. So, what I liked about it and what I did in my game against it was when I was going to push to my second action token, I made sure Morphing Jar was my target when I picked him off because it kicked me all the way back to my starting area. So it was kind of an advantage for the opponent in this case to be fighting it. I was able to push myself with two tokens safely all the way across the map from my opponent where I could just sit and clear in safety and then come back again. Um, But a 50-point character that... Um, has perp prob control. If you're running medics like this set's full of and it kicks everyone back to your freaking starting zone, that's a good chance for you to fully heal up. If you place him strategically and keep him in your opponent's way and annoy the living crap out of your opponent with him, eventually they're going to smack him just to get him out of the way and deal with the reset. Here's one reason you should pick this guy up. Because, again, he does something in this set that no other figure in Kiroclix has ever done. No figure has made both players go to opposite starting areas. There are a couple pieces that get played a decent amount that have special stuff that triggers on starting zones, especially Magneto, who's been getting, yeah. who's even been seeing a little bit of meta play here lately in the ROC tournaments. Um, Wolverine and the X Men, Magneto, the regular rare at 65 points, he has a special damage power. If he occupies an opponent's starting area, give him a power action. And choose a square on the map each character for each character occupying that square or an adjacent square. Roll a d6. On a result of 4 to 6, deal that character 3 damage. So it has a really good power that triggers when he's in the opponent's starting area. And uh, Morphing Jar lets him do that. And it brings Perp and Prov. And there's a couple other uh, pieces that have starting area stuff. So he's an enabler for pieces like that for fun events. He's uh he's only an uncommon two, so you can pick one up for a couple bucks. I do want to bring up a hilarious combo with him though. So um, if you notice the wording on it's when he's hit with an attack, not by an opposing character, um, you could combo him with Hyperion and have Hyperion smack him to retreat your entire force to a starting area if you really wanted to. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> I was just thinking about it for if we ever play Gamma Ball again. Smack the opponent to give him the Gamma Bomb, and then you smack Morphing Jar and teleport them all across the map. That's a good idea. Um, Drew, you still got your choice, buddy. Who you like? Thousand Eyes Idol. I'm glad you... That was the one I was about to do for my honorable mention. That I, I was like, well, I'll wait. That was it. Yeah. Because I played him today. He's pretty fucking nuts. He's, uh... Let me find him here. There he yeah. is. He's 60 points. 8 range. Outwit. Willpower. And incapacitated. And in cap. That's, that's what I use them for. Eight range outwit and double bolt in cap. It was so good. So it was so good, man. Like, it's. Like, this guy is just. He's value, man. He belongs in uh, Drew's Silver Age. He hey, does. he already is Silver Age. Yeah. There you go, Thousand Eyes Island. I got another one, but. It, he's good. Yep. And then uh, he has the in cap for the first three clicks, and then the last three clicks. He gets mind control and barrier. Um, I played him today with summon skull. He was he was perfect. He honestly was. Having eight range outwit. There were so many times like my opponent had Piper Dragon who has seven range. Yeah. I'd park this guy right one square away. He would outrange him. He could use outwit and he could end cap two people by the way. And he has willpower on top of that, so he's always end capping people. I controlled mm-hmm. the pace in all of my my fights. People were worried about summon skull. 
And while Summon Skull was wreaking havoc, I, Thousand Eyes Idol was slowing the opponent down so that Summon Skull would have plenty of time to clear. Yeah. Um, I I was pleasantly surprised by this piece, honestly. It's not a sexy looking piece. He doesn't have running shot, top dial, and amazing damage numbers and all this. He's a he's a finesse really good for his points piece. Screw that, Hunter. You know what he does? Thousand he fuses Eyes. into one of the best freaking... Relinquist? No, he fuses into Thousand Eyes Restrict. Oh, Relinquist. sorry. Yeah, he's not up here yet. No, Relinquist can go off anybody, though. Um, uh, no, no, no. Oh, you mean to get Eyes Restrict? Is a fusion yeah, out yeah, of yeah. Thousand Eyes. I see what you're saying. So, honestly, we could go on and on because there are a lot of good cards in this thing. Yeah, there really cards. are. Or cards. Good, sorry, good <laughs> dials in this thing. But uh, just check it out. Flip through. They're almost, there's only like three or four missing off of HD Realms. Um, real quick, let's go over the traps and spells. Uh, remember, these have to be placed on a Yu-Gi-Oh! figure. So, don't sit and think that they're broken and they can be placed on all these other figures in modern and silver age that well in silver age and golden age that have amazing combinations because you can't do it they have to be on Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, you can either pay for their cost and play them separately or like i said earlier when the figure dies that owns this you can then put them you can then get it for free um, first one's change of heart you give the set character so when you use a spell card or a spell the spell stays on the character's card, and then at any point you give this character whatever the set character, whatever the power says. Most of them are power actions. So it's basically a special power action. This one, however, is a free action. You give the set character a free action. The set character can use mind control this turn. When it does, modify its attack value plus two, and after actions resolve, remove the spell. That's pretty nice. Uh, my control plus two attack is extremely nice on on pretty much any figure. Yeah. And honestly, if I would have pulled this and put it on my uh, Thousand Eyes Idol, it would have been nuts. A two bolt twelve attack mind control would have been very very useful on those top clicks. Uh, then the trap version. This these are for the Castle of Dark Illusions. So if you get a Castle of Dark Illusions, these come with it. It's a switch clicks. Uh, the trap is trap hole. This is another good one. So trap holes usually they go on the card. And they activate usually when you take damage or something you, something your opponent does. They either shoot you or they target you or they move to a certain place. Then your trap activates. Uh, this one is when a, when an opponent moves through a square within four squares of the set character. doesn't have to be line of fire. Just within four squares of the set character. After actions resolve, you may activate this trap. Give that character one action token. Or deal them one unavoidable if they already have two tokens. You don't know. Then remove the trap. And that's only six points. Karibo. Yes. Because you tie them up and then they have to break away and then they've already moved somewhere within four of them. Slingshot a Karibo up with what's-his-face. <laughs> Do your little mini-quake. <laughs> and then they move past and you trap hole. Uh, God, that is so annoying. <laughs> next we have Graceful Dice um, and Skull Dice. These two I don't like as much as some of the other ones. Graceful Dice give the character a power action. The set character can use prop control, but only for its own attacks. Uh, its own attack rolls. When the set character misses with an attack, remove the spell. Um, here's the thing. Okay, so this is one of the very few that lasts 
not it doesn't it could potentially last the entire yeah, game. Yeah, it could potentially last the whole game because most of these only last one turn. This one's going to last until you miss an attack. So it's kind of a risk, but if I would have had this and put it on Summon Skull who already has like a 11-12 attack, he would have had prob basically full game. Hell, I would love this on any of the characters that have a high attack value, especially multi-target characters, because then you could always have one character within your target that you're guaranteed to hit so you wouldn't lose that prob. Skull Dice is kind of the opposite. It's a trap. When the set character would be KO'd, you may activate this trap. Deal one unavoidable damage to each opposing character 150 or more points within, within six, six squares. squares. Remove the trap. Now, this is the one I was going to put on Krivo. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty yeah, annoying. That'd be good too. The only problem being that they have to have 150 or more. Um, yeah. If that was 100 or more, even, it would be very useful. So these next two are Harpy Ladies, and this is why I said Harpy Lady is even better than we said she was. Her spell, Monster Reborn. Give the set character a power action. Heal two clicks of damage divided as you choose among the set character and adjacent friendlies. Their move spell. So just one power action for an automatic two healings um, on a big piece like a Summon Skull or like a Gaia the Dragon Champion or a Blue Eyes White Dragon. Just to auto heal for one power action is nuts. And then she has Mirror Force, which is an awesome trap. When the set character takes damage from an opposing opponent's attack and isn't KO'd, so it has to live through it, after actions resolve, you may activate this trap. Deal unavoidable damage to the attacking character equal to half the damage taken. Remove the trap. That's the harder they hit you, the more damage or the more damage. In the age take. of ultra heavies, that can be a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, then injection fairy uh, Lily, she also has spell and trap. Uh, shrink, give the set character a free action. Set character can use perplex until your next turn, but only to modify a character's value uh, attack value by negative two at the beginning of your next turn. Remove the spell. So for only, and that's only four points. So for four points, you can at any point in the game nerf one of the other characters' negative two attack. And I just brought up earlier how losing two defense was catastrophic. You could severely like screw somebody over. And what's important to remember on this stuff is that you can only use these on Yu-Gi-Oh figures, but this stuff can affect any figure. Oh yeah. So that negative two attack. I have to put this on a Yu-Gi-Oh figure, but that negative two can be applied to anybody. Put it on your Mystical Elf or your freaking Maiden or anything, and then... And then she's even better support. Call of the Haunted's really cool trap. When it, when the set character would be KO'd, instead, roll a D6 that can't be re-rolled. So they don't get KO'd. You do this instead. On a 1 to 4, the character is KO'd normally. On a 5, return it to your starting area on its last non-KO click. On a 6, return it to any starting area on its last non-KO click, then heal it 1 damage. So you have potential to keep something alive. Um, basically, you have a 33% chance for only 4 points also. For only 4 points, you have a 33% chance to keep it alive. Again, this would be good on Summon Skull, who's already hard to kill and has an amazing last click. I would have loved to have this on there on a big piece like that. And then we got 2 more. Um... Uh, these two came on he Tatsumi Giant, who Drew has, uh, was from the starter set. And these are two very good ones, too. Um, honestly, a couple of the best ones. Ring of Magnetism is extremely good. Give the set character a power action and modify its defense value negative two. When an opposing character targets a friendly character, 
that is not the set character with an attack, modify the attacker's attack value negative 2. When the set character takes damage, this spell's removed. So you make them focus on you. So if you throw this on a Karibo, who they don't want to kill, because they don't want the little 2 damage bomb to go off, if they want, if they attack anybody but Karibo, they take negative 2 uh, attack. Um, you could place that on any figure that that you don't really care if they die. Or that's super hard to kill. Morphing jar. Yep. Morphing jar. Morphing jar. Or um, there's a couple other ones. And in see the a set. bunch. Of, that's another thing about this set. A lot of combos start showing up when you look through the traps like this, and you see like, oh, this is really good with this figure. This one's really good with this figure. I really like Ring of Magnetism. That's one of the best ones. And then last one is the trap spellbinding circle. Give an opposing character with a higher point value. When an opposing character with a higher point value hits a set character with an attack, you may activate this trap. The attack is evaded. Boom. Ten points, I automatically evade an attack. I'll take it. When the attack is evaded, and this trap is placed on the attacking character's card, a character with this trap on its card modifies its damage negative one. Give a character with the trap on its card a power action and remove this trap from the game. You know what what makes this one so hilarious to me? It's just like, you could just have this on every character on your damn team if you so pleased. And then someone's getting these, like, latched onto them every time they hit somebody. And they're just getting this <laughs> negative damage. And they have to take power actions and waste time to slowly work their way back up. Karibos just look better and better as we read all these traps. <laughs> they really yeah. do. I gotta get a hold of some more. I can't wait till we get a scapegoat trap. And Sangins and stuff. Yeah, so... Happy with this set. Again, Yu-Gi-Oh's, or uh, WizKids has been doing a great job on these last few Series 2 has its retailer assets out. We, um, I don't know if we brought that up last week. Um, the retailer assets are out for Series 2 now. It's only looking like it's a 20, 30 piece set. Um, I think it's only one chase. Um, but, I mean, like, I want my Buster Blader, I want my Blackluster Soldier, I want my Barrel Dragon. Barrel Dragon. Jinzo. Yeah, we need our Jinzo. We need Jizzo. Jizzo. I'll jizz all over it, Jinzo. Oh, okay, give me that Jinzo. <laughs> you guys are a little bit uh, eccentric. Hey, today. Jinzo's good. I don't know if he's that good. Oh, he's that oh good. he was that good. He was nuts, man. He was that good. He takes two sacrifices to play. Who the fuck cares? Have you seen he that? was good. Can't play trap cards, what? <laughs> um, and he has great stats. He wasn't like a freaking 2200 attack or something. Yeah, he's nuts. Anyways. Um, real quick, we'll do what we played, but just talk about our Yu-Gi-Oh! seal today. We did a 8 booster per person Yu-Gi-Oh! sealed on the Yu-Gi-Oh! maps, which, by the way, those OP kit Yu-Gi-Oh! maps... Oh, God, they're so good. They are so The starter awesome. one's really good, too. Both sides... Yeah, the starter one is very good, too, and I did a... If you guys want to check out this, the Yu-Gi-Oh! starter set, see the figures, see me review them, talk about if they're good for their points and why, and get a good look at the map... Go to our YouTube channel, Dollar Tree Hero Clicks. Check that starter review out. But uh, the OP kit map, one side is all water, basically. Um, it's not technically. Around the outside is like one, sometimes two squares wide of, of regular clear terrain. But the rest of the map pretty much is a giant pond. Yep. And that's one side of the map. The other side is a cave... There's tons of blocking and little um, zigzagging um, like rows of blocking, kind of like craters and wall. It's if it, it, it's basically a cave. It honestly is with like different trails that go through it. In the middle are like random squares of hindering. 
And it was also a very fun map, and I liked it quite a bit. So I really highly recommend this OP kit map. Even if you don't like... If you're a big map fanatic, even if you don't care about Yu-Gi-Oh, pick up that Yu-Gi-Oh OP kit map because you'll be pleased. Both sides really are unique. Oh my gosh, I love the graveside, dude. So much hindering terrain across the middle of it. The yeah. blocking on the edges. It's just so nice. And then I can't wait to try out like Aquaman teams and stuff on that water side. Like that's just a perfect water map. So I initially had a team of Flame Swordsmen, who I said who I talked about was really good. Thousand Eyes Idol, who was really good. A um, uh, cyber jar or uh, not cyber jar? What's he called? The other jar. Uh, morphing jar. Morphing jar. And another piece. Of, oh, uh, mechanical chaser. Who's very good for his points too. He he came close oh, to yeah. making the cut today. That was going to be my team. The only bandit Keith keyword figure. Yeah, a, a well balanced three hundred point team. And then I was getting the Yu Gi Oh P kit maps out, and I saw. The map that was all water terrain, basically. And I was like, wait a minute. Summon Skull has that broken-ass trace. <laughs> I wonder if I should try Summon Skull. And then Austin's like, you're a bitch if you don't play Summon Skull. <laughs> Do it. I mean, come on. You're never going to get another chance like yeah. that. <laughs> so I pulled Summon Skull out. He's 210. I have 90 points to play with. I was like, well, I need to hit a theme team so that I can hit map roll. Because if I hit the other side, Summon Skull is not going to be as good. So I looked at my figures. The only ones with dark keyword were just a couple, but one of them was Thousand Eyes Idol, and who's very right. good. And he's only 60, so I had 30 points left over. None of my other darks were less than 30 points. So I chose a trap, or no, I chose a spell, which was Swords of Revealing Light. And I don't even think it's on here, is it? Nope. No, it's not on here yet. I so was going to say, we didn't bring that one up, and I was wondering. I played Swords of Revealing Light, which is give this character a... Power action. Uh, I think it costs nine points. Give this character a power action until your next turn. Opposing characters cannot target you with an attack. Which is fucking stupid. It was awesome. <laughs> Shut up. So I put that on Thousand Eyes Idol, and when my opponents finally did move up on me, he'd pop that. Summon Skull would get uh, would be safe while he had two tokens and could could have a little bit of longevity. So I had plus two to map. Um, the way we were doing it, we did a Yu-Gi-Oh! themed event, if you guys want to try this. Actually, you could do this without Yu-Gi-Oh! pieces, by the way. Um, you could use it with anything. If you want to do kind of a Yu-Gi-Oh! style theme, I took some of the rules that they suggest in the starter set for Yu-Gi-Oh! And I kind of tweaked them a little bit to make them more playable and not less crazy. Um, so I had a couple rules in effect. One is we're playing 300 point teams, but each person has 500 life points. And you don't lose until you lose 500 life points. And every time you lose a figure, however many points they're worth, you subtract that from your life points. At the beginning of your turn, you can remove one of your you can return one of your KO'd figures on top dial on back into your starting area. So that's how you score more and more life points. Um, that's once per turn. So that's the that's the one big thing is the life points and then returning people back for the life point system. And then the other thing is the attack position and the defense position. So I completely forgot about that if you told us not to forget about it. In the attack position is when a character has zero action tokens, they have plus one attack. So it really encourages you to go f to go for attacks all the time. And then another thing that encourages you to go for attacks all the time is defense position. Because once you take two action tokens after attacking, when you have two action tokens, you have plus one defense. So you have defense mode. 
And that's, again, representative of Yu-Gi-Oh! being in attack mode and defense mode if you ever played Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, so you could do that with anything. It wouldn't have to be Yu-Gi-Oh! clicks, but that's what we did today since we were playing a Yu-Gi-Oh! sealed. I ran Summon Skull, Thousand Eyes Idol, and the uh, Swords of Revealing Light. It was amazing. First two matches, I hit the water map. Instead of being a giant douche, I actually I could have sat in my starting area and just range combat experted until they were sick of me. But on both my matches, I moved around halfway up the map. I was like, I'm going to give them somewhat of a chance to fight back. So I would move both my figures up about eight squares on one side where they could at least come at me, but I would get a couple shots off before they came at me. Um, first round was really close. Um, played against Morphing Jar. He was really cool. Um, my opponent had a team that was very similar to the one that I was going to play. And um, Thousand Eyes Idol was just so controlting. Out with it, and then the two cap, two bolt energy, or uh, in cap was so good. And willpower on top And so I waited until um, he finally he finally tied Summon Skull down. And then Thousand Eyes Idol shot Morphing Jar, and we both went to starting areas, and he had to do it all over again. It was really cool. Um then I played against Drew, who ran away from me around around the side of the map. So I kind of I kind of chased him around the map, and then he came back at me and attacked. He had Firewing Pegasus, who is a cool figure. Um, also has Animal Keyword. I almost played that day. And uh, he, yeah, it's not a bad figure for the points, and uh, it has hypersonic and three damage. So he was picking there away are, at Summon Skull. Are there many animals you could team up that have hypersonic? No, there's not a lot of hypersonic animals. Honestly, that might be the only one actually. The Cheetah Beast Boy. Oh, yeah. But I think otherwise... Yeah, Cheetah Beast Boy's going to be one of them. But um, who else were you running, Drew? Witty Phantom. Witty Phantom. Who's not uh, too bad. He has outwit, at least. Uh, Kinetic Soldier. And uh, Goblin Zombie. Who, for his points, is Goblin pretty Zombie's solid. great for his Yeah, points. he's only, what, 39, I think? 37. I wish I would have pulled one. 37. Yeah, he's just a solid, like, stealth blades, super senses piece who just moves up slowly. Doesn't have willpower or anything, but for his points, he's just annoying tie-up and can't attack back. So let's do a little search. Animal, hypersonic. Power, hypersonic speed. Let's see. Not very many. Firewing Pegasus. Starter Azog. Gandalf Which and he gets at mid-dial. Yeah, he gets at mid-dial. Gandalf <laughs> and Shadow Facts, which cost 275 <laughs> points. Sauron, if you can heal him vampire-wise and get him to top dial, which you're not, because that figure's so good, by the way. Novar. <coughs> Novar, who is a great piece. Yeah. Wait, he is animal? Yeah, but he doesn't get it till halfway. Novar has, like, every fucking yeah, keyword in the game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Vixen from Streets of Gotham. Um, just she because she it. can steal it from other ones. Yeah. So, really, she doesn't have it. Beast Boy Cheetah. Animal Man, who, for the same reason, can steal it if other people have it. And White Lantern Animal Man, who, who also, also steal can steal it. it. So the ones that actually have it are Beast Boy Cheetah, Novar, Sauron. So basically five. Firewing Pegasus is the only one that has it top dial besides Cheetah. And if you play him at 120, uh, I think that is He has a 120 option and a 90, uh, 85 point option. Yeah. Both of them have top dial hypersonic. And if you play him at 120, he gets three straight clicks of it. Not to mention, when he does hypersonic, he can place a smoke cloud for every yeah. square he moves through. When he moves due to his own action, after action to resolve it, can use smoke cloud for free. But when it does, it may only place terrain markers in squares it moves through. So you can hypersonic in, go over the figure square that you are hitting, 
and then make your attack next to them and then get away. Put a smoke cloud on top of them and make them take negative one attack and make it make them slower if they try to move out of it. He's pretty solid for the points. I really like him. Um, so Drew did manage to take down Summon Skull, which my first opponent did not. And um, but uh, I eventually just nickled and dimed all this, his pieces away. And he, I sent him, him back to his starting zone. And uh, if you don't know this, his starting zone is right by. Uh, Yes, everything is by water. So he just sat there and fucking shot me, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then last match, I did not win map roll, even though I had a theme and they did not. Played on the cave map and had an extremely close game. It was four fifty to five hundred at the end, and he had Dragon Piper, who's nuts for the points. We talked about him earlier, and he, he had. He also had Gaia the Fierce Knight, who could have honestly easily been on our top. Uh, pieces. Yeah. Guy of the Dragon Champion is not as good and also don't talk about him. But Guy of the Fierce Knight was freaking good. 141 points for a 12 movement move and attack. Oh, did I mention when he uses move and attack he can flurry instead of a regular close combat attack? And I also forget to mention he has a fucking 4 damage flurry move and attack. See, Andy has exploit which doesn't really matter for the move and attack but he has charge exploit. But yes. what, what kind of had him down from my... When I played against this guy, that was my first round play. Um, it was Guy of the Fierce Knight versus Dragon Champion. Dragon Champion doesn't get exploit on top dial. He actually doesn't get it till like some weird spots on his dial. So I was at a major disadvantage. And on top of that, he was able to perp up his Guy of the Fierce Knight to put him to a 10 when he's moving and attacking. Yep. Which is huge with that flurry. Yep. So um, what I managed to do against him, I noticed that. Early, because he hit me with it early. Um, I moved up Dragon Piper, outwitted Perplex, and then he came at me and missed with both attacks. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. So uh, he had that, he had Dragon Piper, and then he had a Death's Feral Imp, I think, or some cheap little 40-some point. Yeah. Uh, just annoyance tie-up piece. With, no, that piece had freaking blades on top. Yeah, but I smoked him. He quit bringing him back because I kept smoking the shit out of him. <laughs> uh, I would just out with his defense, RCE, both on damage, and just fucking <laughs> smack him. Um, and he quit bringing him back. Summon Skull's fucking no, But uh, Summon Skull's pretty good. What's cool about him is when they knock him off running shot, he gets charge exploit. So, Guy of the Fierce Knight would come in, hit Summon Skull. If I missed Impervious, I'd take a couple clicks and go right on the exploit, and then I'd just smack him back in the face. We had some very close matches, though, and um, some really good thinking man's games there at the end, and I, I outplayed them and got the got the W. But it was really fun. I really enjoyed this Yu-Gi-Oh! sealed-only event. Um, it was great. If more people wanted to do it, I would do it again, but no, I don't I think people would want to do it by Yu-Gi-Oh! again, but uh, it was fun. Um, so I talked about Drew's team. How how did your other matches go? Who were, What kind of pieces were you playing against? Uh, first game I went up against Harry, and Harry was playing, uh, forget what he was playing. He was playing, uh, oh, he was playing Harpy Lady, and he was playing, uh, forget who else. Harpy Lady, oh, uh, Curse of Dragon, and, uh, Witty Phantom is what Harry was playing. Both and of you were playing Witty Fan? Yep. Witty Fan is pretty Which good. Witty do exactly? Basically yeah. just annoying. Oh, it's just a really good dial. Okay, Still Smoke Cloud and Outwit. <laughs> Mastermind. He's got Mastermind. Mastermind. Dude, an Outwit uh, with Mastermind's great. Yeah. And, and Smoke Steel. Cloud still. He's, uh... 
He's pretty good. Uh, basically, what I had to do... Oops, I clicked on Costigan. Sorry. I had uh, a lot of smaller points, smaller point pieces into in my team. Harry had two big point pieces in Curse of Dragon and uh, Harpy Lady. So what I kept trying to do was kill Curse of Dragon. And, uh, like, I killed him twice, and then I started killing Harpy Lady, and I killed Woody Phantom a couple times. And I, he kept killing my Goblin Zombie and my, uh, Kinect Soldier's only 64 points, so I just, you know, I pushed the crap out of him. Like, and, uh, Firing Pegasus I decided to be a little more careful with, because he's 120. Yeah. But, um, basically... I ended up just grinding him down, and I ended up with, like, 20 points more than him when it went to time. Yeah, um, it was really close. I remember you telling me. Yeah. And then my third game was against Jake. He pulled the Chase Blue Eyes White, or Blue Eyes White Dragon. Yeah, I did too, but I didn't play. Yeah. Just because he's 200 points. He's nuts. And if you're into that, you might as well play Summit Skull. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's kind of like Summon Skull. He's a little better overall dial, though, than Summon Skull, but yeah. he just doesn't have the trait thing. Yeah, that Pulse Wave's nuts. He's 200 points. He has top dial, running shot, uh, side blast, Pulse Wave. When it uses either, yeah. hit characters are given an action token, and any that can't be given an action token are dealt one pin after action is resolved. That's awesome. So it's awesome. like a, it's an in cap on top of the... By the way, that's a nine range, so that's a five square pulse wave that's hitting everybody and giving everybody yeah. tokens. And then three clicks of mid-dial hypersonic, and I love mid-dial hypersonic, I honestly. killed him twice. Mid-dial hypersonic makes it really easy to get away. I killed the son of a bitch twice. So basically what I'd have to do is outweigh his defense with Woody Phantom, go in, and then I'd be fucked until next turn, and then I'd have to peg his uh, vulnerable down. Then eventually he'd roll on to toughness, and then I'd kill him. So who did he have besides Blue Eyes? Flame Swordsman. Oh, yeah. And Flame Swordsman is good. Yeah, he... he... So Flame Swordsman hits you, makes you take one more damage, and then Blue Eyes smokes you. Oh, wait... The characters increase all damage dealt, so that would mean that the penetrating damage you take from the token too would be two, wouldn't it? Probably, yeah. Actually, that would be monstrous. All damage dealt. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Jake won with five hundred points. I had four hundred and ninety-five. Oh dang, that was close. Good match. Um, Blue Eyes is honestly for two hundred points. A lot of times we see tent poles that aren't that great. He's pretty solid. I'm gonna talk about one here. In a pretty solid. So. Uh, and by the way, Curse of Dragon, who Drew mentioned uh, Harry played, is really cool too. He's the guy who has hypersonic steel energy. Yeah. And then and if he uses uh, steel energy, he can choose combat reflexes or energy. Yeah, if, if he hits you and heals off of it, he gets even better defensively. So, Austin, what were you running? Okay, so I opened my boosters and I pulled Curse of Dragon and Gaia the Dragon Champion. And I prayed to the RNG gods that I would somehow pull freaking Gaia the Fierce Knight, hoping I could do a fusion combo because it had been a blast. But, alas, I didn't. So I was looking at my pieces, I was like, you know, it's Yu-Gi-Oh, it's a fun event. I'm going to play a tent pole, and I'm going to play the guy of the champion, or guy of the dragon camp champion, just because I want to try him out. I regret it. <laughs> Every day of my life. It's, it hasn't even been a day. <laughs> um, my poles were really good, the only problem I had was almost all of my poles were expensive pieces, they were all almost, set, they were all in the 75 to 100 range, um, and I couldn't fit much except for Sangen with, uh, Curse, or with the dragon champion. 
And I was quick reading, and I thought that he'd be able to use his trait on anyone regardless of point value. I didn't think about the 150 limit. But uh, Guy of the Dragon Tip is not terrible, terrible. He's just really expensive. For 225 points compared to Curse of Dragon or Gaia, um, or the Gaia Fierce the Fierce Knight, um, he's just not really worth it. Um, he gets the same charge flurry that uh, the Fierce Knight gets. Um, and he's got sprinklings of uh, Impervent and Vol back and forth all down his dial. Precision Strike mid-dial. And he has a special attack power where if he hits a character that has a wing or transporter wing symbol... That character has the foot so, boots on for the rest of the game, even some powers lost. That would be so nuts on that water map. And I tried to get it on the water map, but it just all my opponents tended to not actually have flight in the first place. So, huh. um, first round of him gets the guy of the fierce knight, which once again the exploit really screwed me over there because he doesn't get exploit, and my dice really betrayed me. Um, what I would do is I would move up and I'd carry Songin with me. So I'd move a full 10, carry Songin, drop Songin in a place where he can block line of fire and all that. And then if an opponent did pop Songin, he'd always land on Empower. So if they got in close, I was able to retaliate pretty hard. Um, then uh, I swapped over to... Uh, my second match was against a, a Time Wizard team, and Time Wizard wrecked him. Um, he would hit it down to the negative twos. And Gaia Dragon Champion's defense values are not great. He starts, he goes 18, 17, 18, 17, 17, 17, 16, 17, 16. Like, he goes low pretty quick. Um, his defense ability is good, but his actual stat is not. And when he's dropping that down to a 16 and at lowest a freaking 14, um, he was able to drill me with a bunch of figures really quick and just kept doing that over and over. Um, final match, I just scooped. I uh, looked at my post team, was running Curse of Dragon and some other stuff. Um, I liked I liked him. He was fun to play. He is definitely a piece, though, you're better off playing as a fusion. I would not recommend forking out 225 points just for Gaia the Dragon. Yeah, and also remember, if you do fuse them, you get plus one combat value. Yeah, that's what makes him good. If he's a 13, 12, 19, 4 on top click, way better. Um, that's going to do it for what we played. Let's do... Uh, well, I'd like to point out... What's that? These games were actually really close. Like they, they were all, honestly everybody's scores were coming back close. Um, Except the, the whole point value thing was like what made it really partner? close. Uh oh, Drew somebody's trying to jack your ride out there. Bergo kicked their ass. Or Drew just happened to sit on the button. Or that too. <laughs> yeah, every I would suggest if you guys need a fun you know build uh, type thing for your venue. Uh, do something like that. Do a life point system and let people bring pieces back. Because it was really fun. The matches were really close. I think people tend to forget when you're making these build rules that you can change fundamental game rules. Anyway, as I was saying, Austin was the only person who didn't Drew. get over a thousand Drew. points. Drew. I also scooped my last game before we even started. Yeah, but you still wouldn't hit a thousand points. Yeah, you still have 550. You had 50 points. <laughs> <laughs> he has no answer for you. Dude. All right, we won't pick on. I don't too have bad. to address this. I mean, so yeah. what are we going to be talking about for the silvery uh, corner that is Drew's Silver Age corner of values? I had a that valuable former middleweight champion George Saint George Saint Pierre. George Saint Pierre. And no, it's not the one you're thinking. It's the one from the older set, Captain America. Old Captain O twenty eight Uncommon Batrocks, huh? 
Yeah, this guy's wooed my heart many a time. You might be saying, Drew, how is he better than the other Batroc? And I'll tell you how. He starts up top dial. This motherfucker. He's got a special movement ability. He can use leap climb, which back then was the shit. It still is. I mean, it still is. It's not. Yeah. He's still going to ignore when he moves in, which is what's yeah. key for this. But what's really key is after actions resolve, he may make a close combat attack as a free action. Mm. That's a nine range movement. Nine range charge, huh? Pretty much, yeah. I, I dig it. I dig it. What kind of... Once he's up there in their face, how is he going to live? I mean... Oh, he's just got 17 combat reflexes. Oh, okay. Okay. How, how many clicks of health does this bastard have? I'm dead. Uh, uh, six. Um, for that point value? For yeah. How many points? Uh, six, uh, 52. Okay. Okay. I'm, I gotcha. How but, many clicks was that 150 point Iron Man I was bitching a few weeks ago? That was about uh, six. <laughs> So he rolls on down later dial and he picks up uh picks up flurry. But uh only to attack characters that can use combat reflexes or leap climb. Well nobody uses leap climb these days, so <laughs> that's one out of the two down. Um one really good thing about him too is he has aim keyword. Oh yeah. And aim teams are very fun because Modoc is really, really fun to play. Also they have a lot of high But they team. have no they have no good, solid tie-up guy like this. He is the only one. If you want to click yeah. aim down there um, on the... That's oh. right, click the keyword. I, I thought Batrock's Brigade had an ATA for a second. Um, <laughs> aim does not have... Grey Gargoyle helps these days. Oh, yeah. But honestly, aim doesn't have a good tie-up guy. Dude, like this, he is really the only one, yeah. especially one that can move that far. He, they do not have somebody to go and tie up, and with them, tie up is key because they have a lot of range. They have Hydra team ability, which they rely on, like Austin, what Austin was saying, and they have Psychic Blast and stuff like that. But they need somebody to be tying up while they are doing their thing, and Batrox really is the only one who can really do Batrox it. Batrox a beast, and uh, Hunter, what, would you say he's like what? Uh... What a super rare? Super a rare? I think at least a rare. Yeah, no, uncommon. From the cap set he probably costs like for freaking fifty cents. Alright. What are we thinking? Price is right. How much is old Batrock's gonna cost us value wise at coolstuffinc.com? dot com? What are you guys thinking? thirty three cents. Twenty five cents. Well, being that I order from here all the time and I know that they usually only go forty nine or ninety nine, I'm gonna say forty nine. Oh, well, they just oh, like so. Uh, okay. Well, make us into clowns. Let's see. Make us into purple and yellow uh, suited clowns. Oh, Where is 49. it? 49 cents, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So for 50 cents. <laughs> you get a great piece. Half the price of a booster of Dice Masters for this. I can get the key linchpin in my aim team. Is that is, is that a lead-in? It is a lead-in. Why not? <laughs> That's a old uh, segue there. That's into, more like a freaking monster truck than a Segway. <laughs> into a into a quick discussion of a new game that's that's the new hotness sweeping the nation, and uh, we probably will talk about from time to time. And I think I'll start covering stuff for it on our YouTube channel as well. Maybe it's sold out everywhere. Maybe we'll do some uh, some play. It's videos. only sold out everywhere because WizKids has to like. Because they printed it, they printed it based on hero clicks. Demand. Well, and also it really has been bigger selling than I think they could have. Yeah, ever. Oh, yeah. Um, is Marvel Dice Masters, and 
Honestly, after playing it, it feels like Quarriers meets Magic. Yeah. But with superheroes. To me. And I've only played one game of Quarriers, so I'm not that well versed on it. But it really does, if you if you enjoy Quarriers, well, you'll enjoy this. If you enjoy Heroclix, you'll enjoy this. If you enjoy Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic, you'll enjoy this. It really is kind of a hybrid game. And it's just very fun. It's not that hard to learn. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I sat down and talked it to three people after playing one match today. Yeah, I mean, there's a little rules minutia um, as far as activating things. <laughs> but it's but nowhere can, near as bad as other Yeah, it's, it's nowhere near like, like Heroclix or anything. Um, it's a little bit more simpler, but that's a good... Good thing in the, for this game. It's it's fast. Once you get used to the game, you can easily play around in 30 minutes. Um, very much like Magic. It honestly, to me, feels a lot like Magic. Yeah, and once you But the, with superheroes, and that's what's great about it. And once you get the basics down, it's really easy to pick up like little tricks or team-ups or match-ups or things you could do, like uh, counterplays for opponent strategies or heroes you want to keep that play well together and stuff like that. And it's re- I love it. I mean, like I've already got four or five different like team up I- or team ideas that are running through my head, and we've just started playing it. Um, the only problem with it is that the starter sets, as Drew was hinting at a second ago, is that they're impossible to find. They're sold out pretty much everywhere, mm-hmm. um, unless you want to go on eBay and pay like double the cost. Triple now. There's triple these days. So it's only fifteen dollars MSRP. And that fifteen dollars is gets you a lot. It gets you enough for two people to play. Yeah, it gets you two sets of the starter dice, which each person needs to play the game. It gives you two dice bags, um, the actions, the action cards, a full set of hero cards, and they are unique only to the starter. And some of them are damn good. The beast. Mm. Don't even get me started on the beast. I the beast is a must-have. The card. beast is a beast. He is the core card to this game. He is. He is the. Every, he is the, uh, what's the elf guy in Magic who's, like, essential. Lanoir elf. Lanoir elf for Dice Masters. Except he doesn't do anything similar to that, but yeah. I know, I'm just saying, like, he's yeah. a must-have. He's a low-cost, only two-drop, two-cost, must-have, retardedly good Great piece. rolls for it. Um, distribution hasn't been too bad on it. Um, there's a, basically a super rare per brick. Give or we take. think I don't know what's really. Um, bricks are sixty uh, packs, and the packs are only a dollar. Oh God, I couldn't take it Wednesday. We're sitting over there, me and Phil playing Hero Clicks, and every like five minutes, I'd get up and be like, I think I'm gonna buy like three or four more packs, and it was just back and forth to the counter all night long. You know, I check my bank account, I get home, I'm like, Oh God, I can't believe I bought that many, but this game. Freaking ninety ninety five one dollar freaking MSRP on that thing is just that's diabolical. Whiz kids, you're you're assholes. But you get you get two cards and two dice for out of each pack. I mean, it's great because the one thing I really love is common figures give you dice, but you only need one of each card. And across the hero, so like a common Iron Man and a rare Iron Man would both use the same exact dice. Mm-hmm. So, and you can have up to four or five of a dice on a card. So, I want to pull Common Iron Man, even though I already have the rare one, because I need more dice to manage to max him out if I was trying to build him in my team like that. So it's great that there's a, a, an ongoing use for these commons and uncommons and stuff like that that you might not want otherwise. Um, and it's turned into a cool thing where, like, I've been trading dice with people. Like, I'm not even trading cards at this point. We're just trading straight-up dice. Um, yeah, and 
Another thing that's awesome about this is the plethora of heroes. At first, I thought there was only going to be a few. No. But there's a, at least 20. Actually, oh. probably more than that. Probably even more like 30 characters. And each character has pretty much three, if not there's four, hundred and fifty. There's 153 or cards two. total. There's 152 cards total. And I think there's three versions of each character, probably. So you're looking at probably 50 characters. Yeah. And it's kind of cool because each character kind of does its own thing. And between versions, they have different ways of supporting it. So, like, they all fill their own niche. Like, green goblins and caps and stuff like that modify the sidekicks, which are, like, the basic starting dice. Um, And then, like, uh, some other characters nerf them. Um, But, like, one of the caps might be all your sidekicks have more defense. One of them gives them all more attack. Green Goblin does damage when he enters with the sidekicks and stuff like that. So it's just it's combo tastic. Oh man, there's so many good like I mean I found my first combo in my first game of things I could trick up and do, um, and the actions are cool too because basically um, you and your opponent both pick two actions to put towards or two action types for the game when you start, and uh, they go in the action pool and you share those you and your opponent both. So like. Uh, I tend to, I was picking offensive actions and my opponent was picking kind of defensive ones. So what I started doing was using his actions when the game started turning against me to slow it down a little bit and buy me some time. And it's just kind of cool, like, um, they did a really, the designer of it did a really great job. Um, kudos to him. I mean, like, Couriers was a great game and then uh, to mix it up in the way he did to make this was awesome. Um, I definitely would suggest if you're wanting to pick it up, just wait the two weeks for the starter set. It's a great game, and two weeks is not going to kill the hype for you. Um, I wouldn't recommend dumping the $40, $50 people are asking on eBay for it. Yeah, um, just wait, because <laughs> it won't be much longer before they come. And out. I'm sure you can find someone of the starters willing to sit down and play a round or two with you. Um, but I, I love it. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm already looking forward to the first expansions to see what new combos and stuff are I'm, looking wa- at. I'm wondering... How obscure they're gonna get with this shit? Well, they're doing X Force first. Uh, there's DC and no, they're Yu-Gi-Oh. doing they're not doing X Force. They're doing Uncanny X Men. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, you, you gotta get this shit straight. Close enough. There's too many damn X teams. Just like there's too many damn Avengers teams. Hey, hey, come on. There's too many damn everything X Men hey, and Avengers. X Factor and X uh, Force are amazing. I yeah. just got out of AVX you, for you four still months. I can be bitter about you. This still shit. haven't read Avengers can kiss X Factor. You still haven't read it. Anyways, before we digress into an X-Men Avengers fight. Iron Man sucks. Let's clean up with community real quick. Drewster. I mean, like, I may joke about how mad I get at you sometimes, but don't talk shit about the Stark. Tony Stark's a... Stop. (laughs) Stop. You watch your mouth. Alright, let's move into community. Question this week. Fear Itself was the greatest book ever made. <laughs> Fear Itself was fine. No. Okay. Community. Best build, or a question this week first. Let's start with that. Yeah, sure. If an ROC was within one hour's driving distance of you, would you attend? That was my question to you guys. Every single person said yes. There was yeah. not a single person who said no, sure. I think. Um, we have been to one. Mm-hmm. A couple of our friends drove all the way to Kentucky to go to the other one. That's like a, what, three-hour drive to Louisville. Yeah, to Louisville, it's about a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive. Um, if one was within an hour of here, I would definitely go. Yeah. And I think you guys would probably go with me. Yeah. 
Um, even if I'm you, <laughs> even if you're not super worried about playing in competitive events, it's just fun. It's a fun yeah. atmosphere. And it's a nice chance to get like to get a feeling of where you actually are competitively. Yeah, it, it's just fun to play good matches and meet more people too. Honestly, playing meeting meeting other people is is really fun, um, and that's something that's great about the ROCs is they bring people from all across the country. So most of you guys are very receptive to that. So that's awesome. And um, ho- we're trying to get a ROC event hosted at our venue here, hopefully early fall. Um, so hopefully any of you guys who are within relative hour or two hours distance can uh, can attend and come hang out with us. Um, dial design. We kicked off May's uh, month this or already, and it is video game month. Um, the first assignment was design a character who starred in a video game from 1985 to 1995 or 1994. So, so each week, each week is going to be a different decade of gaming. And uh, next week, uh, we're going to do the scores for those tomorrow. They're due today. We'll do the scores for those tomorrow, and the next week we'll do do our feature dial, the one that got the best score. We'll talk about that one and why. So excited to see that. So far, we've seen some really cool ones from some really awesome games. Um, best build. I do have a new best build assignment for you guys. It's been a while. So this is for May, and this will be due. Let me look at my little thing here. Um, I need these teams in by May 9th. So submit these to our dial H for hero clicks at gmail.com by May 9th. Or if you find the Reddit thread or the HC Realms thread that we have for these, you can submit them there as well. So, if you're unfamiliar with this, you build a team that fits these rules, you submit it to us, totally free, and you have a good chance at uh, winning some custom action tokens. The event is called Race Wars. It's 400 points, Silver Age. Great name, Tyler. That was was all me. Race Wars, 400 points, Silver Age. ATAs and figures only. So that means no resources, no relics, and then no bystander tokens either. Everybody on your team has to have the keyword. And there is a specific list of keywords that fits the race force. So I'll bring up the alien race force. Yes, this is not actually black, white, and all that crazy <laughs> stuff. Uh, don't don't submit your Power Man teams to us. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will accept it. Here are the eligible keywords. Amazon, Atlantis, Asgardian, Blight, Demonite, Kryptonian, Dwarf, Elf, Orc, Hobbit, Man, Inhuman, Kree, Locust Horde, which is from Gears of War, Shi'ar, and scroll so all the different kind of race keywords that we have um and notice all, five or six of those were from uh, lord of the rings that's this is silver age event so those figures are allowed for this if you guys don't run silver age basically uh, silver age is golden age but without feats and battlefield conditions so silver age 400 point theme team on one of those teams atas and figures only no bystander tokens um so get those to us by may 9th and next week we will announce what teams we will be playing, and then we'll be playing that. Um, actually, we won't be playing that till May twenty fourth, the actual event. 
but get your teams to us within the week. And get creative with these guys. I mean, like, I know that there's some, there's a couple keywords on here, like Asgardian or... Uh, Kryptonian. Or, yeah. I mean, like, get creative with this. Throw us some pieces we're not used to playing. Um, I want to see some fun team lists out of this. Um, YouTube-wise, we did our Yu-Gi-Oh! unboxing last week. Um, a lot of people have already commented on that, but if you haven't seen that yet and you want to get a good look at the sculpts that we've been talking about and all day today chiseled and faces. our sculpted bods, <laughs> we're nude during this video. That's only on the outtakes. That's yeah. only on the 18 plus. <laughs> Austin, did you, <laughs> did you notice that I put outtakes on there for you, Austin? No, I wasn't. I didn't even watch it. That's I on Dial H so be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have lots of content. Try to put out weekly videos. And I, like I said, I think we'll start doing some Dice Masters content on there as well. I would love to. Actually, I would love to start recording our Dice Masters matches. Like if we're just not doing anything. If I buy a, if I buy a box, we can unbox it. I'll unbox, oh, yeah. I'll unbox whatever box Gosh, you want me to unbox, you guys, Drew. Yeah, if you guys give us a brick of anything, we will unbox it on video for you. I don't think that's a very good trade-off. But, uh, <laughs> we got a box of KY Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get off that topic. Uh, we, had a, we actually had a lot of Gmail questions this week. Uh, let's run through them real quick. KR Britt just wants to say thanks. Um... For doing the podcast and being consistent and weekly, which nobody else does on Heroclix Podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, he says he's an old school gamer who um, used to play a lot, but uh, he quit playing right after Armor Wars and oh, then damn. is just now coming back in. And I just want to say thanks and that our podcast has helped him get back into things quickly. So thanks for uh, emailing to us. Ernie J asks, are there, uh, there have been a lot of new comics... Uh, coming out recently, um, are there any that are worth checking? That are actually worth checking out? Um, um, there have been a lot of series that just recently started. Yeah, both Marvel and DC have launched big lines. Um, some ones that I've read that I've really enjoyed. I have six total here. Um, four of them are very good, and I do highly suggest. The other two are just kind of okay, um, but you may want to check them out yourself. Batman Eternal is a five-issue or six-issue little limited series that's halfway through right now. Very good. Scott Snyder writes it, who already writes The Batman. That's been an amazing book for the last three years. Um, pick that up. It's it's really interesting. Something very interesting happens with Lieutenant Gordon at the very beginning that really changes and really shapes a really cool storyline here. Um, really enjoying that. Loki, Agent of Asgard is a cool book I've been enjoying. I think it's on issue three now. Um, basically, Loki is in his kid form, like he is in Young Avengers. He's working for his mom, and it's just re- it's really well written. It, it, it's very clever. It's very tricky. Um, I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, All New Invaders is a book that I didn't think I would like. I've been like. looking forward to picking that one up and trying it. Check it out. Read it. It's good. I didn't think I would like it, um, honestly, but I'm really enjoying it, and the art is spectacular. Um, it has Cap, Bucky, Namor, the old Human Torch, and I'm forgetting somebody. But um, it starts off with a really cool arc. I'm really enjoying it, and again, the art is really good. So if you want to give Invaders a shot, all new Invaders actually is worth reading. And then Daredevil. Daredevil relaunched uh, because of the ending. If you guys keep up with Daredevil, uh, the ending 
Uh, everybody knows who he is. He moves away from New York. He moves to San Francisco now. It's the first time Daredevil has not been in New York. And his new series kicked off. It's only on issue two, but so far I really like it. Same creative team. It's pretty good. It's not as good as these other books, but I'm a huge Daredevil fan, so I'm a little biased. But I'm enjoying it a lot. And then Elektra's new book just came out. It only has one issue, though, and I thought it was pretty meh. It wasn't bad, but it didn't get me excited. So keep an eye on Elektra. Um, and then Fantastic Four I brought up because it has two issues now, and I'm just not liking it. I, it's a new creative team. I'm not entirely sure who it is. Uh, it still isn't doing it for me. Maybe I just got spoiled on Hickman. I miss Hickman. But I'm just not. It's sad how it's far. Easy. It it's went fun. from the best book out on the stands to one of the worst, sadly, over the last couple of years. But uh, And I feel, like, I feel like Fantastic Four is a hard book to write. Like... I feel like it takes a certain person to take it. It takes a really create creative person, which is yeah. who Hickman you, is. But the thing is, you, Fantastic Four has to be, without trying to be punny here, it has to be fantastical while still being grounded. And the problem I feel like is a lot of these Fantastic Four stories just go so out there, it's hard for me to feel like, I don't know, it's hard for me to enjoy them like that. Another question we had from Gideon300. Hey guys, a few buddies and myself are just starting to get into clicks. Could you tell me the difference between a gravity feed, fast forces, and so on? Um, So one thing is, technically... Okay, so first of all, fast forces, that's an easy one. Um, Before big main sets come out, uh, big main sets would be big full full five-figure boosters, the long boosters. Um, Those are main sets... Uh, for example, the last DC one was Superman Legion of Superheroes and Invincible Iron Man. And then we have Deadpool, which will be coming out in a couple weeks. Those are main sets. When a main set comes out, it has a Fast Forces. Um, that will come out not this... Always. Not all of them do. It, it, it almost always has a Fast Forces. It's... Yeah. Because um, Iron Man didn't. Iron Man was like the lone exception. And actually, I don't think Wolverine X-Men did either. Did it? No, no. But uh, usually they have a fast. <laughs> most of the time, ninety-nine. Deadpool will. Uh, it will be Thunderbolts. But um, yeah, ninety-nine. Well, Streets of Gotham had a fast forces, and it was a CTD. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure all DC <laughs> anyway. sets are guaranteed. To have <laughs> yeah, that. maybe it's only DC. But anyways, fast forces come out when a main set comes out. Usually, it is a uh, six figures, just the figures and the cards, and then two little tiny dice. That you can use either for rolling or action tokens. Some people use small dice for action tokens. And it comes with one map. Does not come with a PAC. Does not come with a rulebook. A starter set comes with usually at least six. Sometimes eight, nine, or ten on the Lord of the Rings. The bigger, more expensive ones. Um, From six to ten figures. And the cards, of course. Then it comes with one, sometimes two maps. um, Tiny dice. Action token, or um, sorry, uh, terrain tokens, which are key if you're starting out. You guys need to pick up a starter set. Pick, look around at the different starter sets, and I would suggest picking a good starter set um, because you need a rule book and PAC, which are in there, and then you need terrain tokens, and those can all be found. Honestly, get the cap starter set. Yeah, the cap starter set's a good one. It just came out. The figures are pretty solid for their points, but more importantly, it has ultra heavies and ultra lights in it. And those ultralights are so useful. Once you guys get into the tactics and stuff, I'm really getting great play out of my ultralight objects. Um, 
pick those up, pick up the, the cap starter set. But uh, then Gravity Feet, okay, so this is something that other people have asked before, too. This one's confused me, like, back when I started, too. Okay, Gravity Feet and Countertop Displays, what's the difference? The The problem is people use the term Gravity Feet to yeah, describe sure. anything that is not a five-figure booster, yeah. but technically that's not the case. Technically, a Countertop Display is a set that comes out individual to itself. Where it actually let's describe a gravity feed first because that'll then that'll explain it gravity better. Feeds. A gravity feed is also known as a spoiler or a primer or a primer. Yes, yeah, and they will come out two weeks before a main set, and this is only on main sets. This is not so like we said, Streets of Gotham did happen to have a fast forces. It did not have sets a like that will never have a gravity feed. A gravity feed will come out before a five-figure booster set. Superman Legion of Superheroes had one. Invincible Iron Man had one. Deadpool's, Deadpool's going to have one. They're all going to have one. Well, Deadpool's already got one out of that. Or Deadpool's just came out this week. Um, it has exactly ten figures in it. There is no rarity. They're all the same rarity. And there's usually a couple... Usually at least three or so are generics, which is a good thing. Um... And those figures will almost always have another reiteration, another version of that character in the main set as well. So it gives you an alternate way, uh, alternate dial for a certain character. It's like a sample of what's in the set. So a lot of the heroes for hire are in the gravity feed for Deadpool. You'll get a version that's in the gravity feed, and then you'll also get another uh, heroes for hire version of that character in the main set. That is a gravity feed. Technically, that's the only thing that should technically be called a gravity feed as far as WizKids and rule and uh, wordings and, and everything on their sales product. A countertop display is actually the correct term for everything else. A countertop display is a set that comes out by itself that is sold in individual packages similar to the gravity feeds where there's just one figure in there but it does have rarities. That's the big difference. Mm-hmm. It's its own set, and it does have rarities. So things like Streets of Gotham, Winter Soldier, Yu-Gi-Oh. Days of Future Past, Yu-Gi-Oh! No matter whether it comes packaged in this tiny little boxes like Streets of Gotham did, and like Lord of the Rings Two Towers did, or if it comes packaged in the little plastic shrink-wrapped little one-square box things like Winter Soldier and Yu-Gi-Oh! It's all called a countertop display. So those are the differences. I know that was a little long, but hopefully that explains it for you. Yeah. The problem is going to be that people call everything gravity feeds. They yeah. call countertops and they call gravity feeds gravity feeds, because but technically that's physically, not. Physically, some they of those CTDs are gravity feeds. Because, they look identical. Well, yes. because they drop down through it, but it's yeah. not the same. Thing. But countertops are their own thing, and they have rarity. That's the yeah. big difference. A gravity feed will always have rarity. A lot of new players will buy a bunch of gravity feeds and then be mad that they keep getting the same figures. That's because they're all the same rarity and there's only 10 Ten in there. Ten you always ones. want to go for the five-figure boosters. Well, unless you're going for certain yeah. gravity feed figures. So hopefully that helps answer your question there. And was that all? Let me do a quick double check for we... Oh, Garrett has a... Uh... Uh, just a tip thing, but it's kind of a long one, so we're going to do that. Ne- I'm going to save that for next week because well, I'm going to save that email, and we'll do his. Ne- uh, Garrett will do your uh, email next week. Okay. Also, quick announcement. 
I will be needing a guest to host with me for next week's episode because next week is my bachelor party. And after we get done at the dugout, we will be going to that and we will not be coming here recording. So I'm going to do a quick version of the podcast with a guest. So if you'd be interested uh, in doing the podcast with me, I'll be doing it one day during the week this week. I will first contact the people who sent me emails and messages who sent those to us uh, when I mentioned it the other day. I'll contact you guys first, give you guys first dibs. If none of you guys are available, then I will post on our uh, Dial Atra Hero Clicks Facebook group and our Twitter and everything and say, hey, I'm looking for guests from this time to this time. Who wants to join me? So keep your eyes out. If you're interested in that but you haven't sent me a message yet, Keep your eyes out on our Facebook thing, and uh, if I still need somebody, I'll comment on there. But uh, hopefully I can get one of you guys on with me for this week's uh, shorter episode. Again, as I said a couple weeks ago, we have some stuff coming up mainly around my wedding, so we have to kind of change our schedule up. We want to. My main thing is you're going to get a podcast every week, and that's the best thing that you guys seem to like about this podcast yep. is – we don't... Outside of our amazing personalities. Oh, that too. And, Drew, and <laughs> Drew's amazing body. I mean... Uh, it's we do have the total package. It's... Uh, Emphasis it's, on package. Up <laughs> there. It's where the magic happens. It is where the magic happens. So... But not the magic Johnson. Hopefully... We, I'll show you my magic Johnson. <laughs> hopefully you guys have enjoyed some Yu-Gi-Oh! talk. Um, if you don't... If you don't give a flying crap about Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm sorry this episode has been 99% Yu-Gi-Oh. But just jokes. <laughs> just know that it really is a good set and uh, give it a chance, honestly. At least give the sculpts a look and the dials a look and you may, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. There's some cool powers and some cool figures in this set. And again, really happy with the last few sets that WizKids has been putting out. So, until next week, this is Hunter Smith from Mr. Sexy Drew Alderson and Mr. Equally Sexy Austin Smith, I reckon. Less sexy. I like the reckon on there. Signing off.